This is where I grew up. Right next door to all of you. I went to the same schools. I ate the same food. I even watched the same television shows. And there was never any animosity between us. Not until 9-11. 9-11 changed everything for me and my people. You look at us differently now. And don't say you don't. Be honest. All I want is a chance. Don't judge me because I'm of Arab descent. Judge me because of my talent, my skill. Judge me for me. I just want the opportunity to represent you in the WWE. Thank you. <laughs> this is my fault. <laughs> I had to bring up his fucking name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Muhammad Hassan buys WWE. I I just want to say fucking early 2000s of fucking WWE is based as fuck. Like, I really want to go back and, like, watch that shit because, one, you have JBL who's going at the border fucking yelling at Mexicans. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Vince is on on TV fucking wearing do-rags and dropping hard R's. Yes, and then you have (laughs) fucking Muhammad Hassan talking about fucking (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. Oh man, that oh. was wild. Obviously, we are and back. Then he, and then he fulfilled his stereotype that he was fighting against later. Yes. <laughs> the day after an actual terrorist attack, there's, there's a reason why he he got buried to hell. Uh, yeah. Poor guy. I feel so bad for him. Uh, that's uh, his fault. Oh, that's, Jesus. That's, that's just Vince being Vince being like, you know what, pal? You're going to be a terrorist. And you're gonna you're gonna feel anger about the American people, and then that's what happened. And all of a sudden, <laughs> crash and burn. No pun intended about the crashing. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, those birds still beef, brother. Y- yes, but we are back for <laughs> some getting some color. We are covering yeah. WCW uh, Halloween Havoc 1993. Uh, but we have some news though. Based off of that Muhammad Hassan uh, intro. If you watch Big Trouble, Big Trouble Little Podcast, we talked about one Stephanie McMahon resigned. She did like a Twitter letter saying, I'm done. Uh, peace out. My dad is the leader. So two, uh, Vince McMahon came back. He did a hostile takeover and it worked, it seemed like. Uh, yeah. And three, during the show, all the journalists started jerking off about like Saudi uh, Saudi. Uh, Arabia, uh, pr- whatever fund it's called, the public trust fund or whatever, is buying WWE. Mm-hmm. Guess what? <laughs> they got it wrong. Just like we should, we should have never jumped on the gun. Uh, we would, we kind of just, we did say that the news was fluid, so it could change. And surprise, it, it did. Well, um, to be fair, this it was, it was, it wasn't like a rumor that someone tweeted and said, "Hey, I think this is happening." It was. All the there news were several stories. reports like, yeah, all the sites were just dropping it, and then and then the original tweet that tweet that led to the sparks flying got deleted, and they confirmed it. it so it is what it is. I mean, that's a problem with with wrestling and the dirt sheets is that sometimes things get put out there intentionally as a distractor just to like kind of feel out what, what the response would be. 
that's even now a thing that people have talked about us did the wwe leak this with the intent of just seeing what the response would be and and lo and behold the stock went up the next morning so that tells you something yeah yeah even yeah. though people allegedly it's negative but the stock went up so I, yeah well I, I i thought about it for a second um, and keep in mind, I understand Vince is getting old and maybe his ways are, uh, uh, wrong. But then I thought about it, like when he was good is when the, the, the company was private, right? When he and Pat, uh, and all the other guys, Pat Patterson and stuff were writing storylines. That's when it was somewhat decent, correct? Uh, that started, to, that started to change a little bit more when they, they went public, I think in, uh. 99 or 2000 mm-hmm. um and they were still good during the early period of being public in my opinion mm-hmm. and then you know they started sliding down sliding in like the mid 2000s yeah i, yeah. I don't know i i was thinking because it, it in the article that i did link you guys uh that last night or the night before um was that it would go private and i was like hmm Maybe that might be a good thing, but then again, we don't know how the structure would work if it was in that. Would would the Saudis be like, "Nah, bitch, uh, you know, you we we don't want women on a high pedestal. You're just gonna, you know, put them with oversized shirts and or maybe no women wrestling at all." Uh, but then you know, a lot of people were making theories. That's that's why I think people were running with it because a Stephanie McMahon is a woman and because. Saudis hate women. Well, not essentially hate women, but don't want them in a, a position of power. Uh, that's why she resigned so that Vince could make that deal. So, I mean, I give a little leeway to the journalists, but at the same time, they they were probably too emotional because one, they don't want Vince in the power seat, and they were just like, "Oh God, he's going to ruin everything." Oh my God, to Saudi Arabia, fuck! <laughs> and I think that's what happened. I mean, it, it felt to me like how it spread and everything. It felt to me like it might the whole idea of it there being a feeler to see what how people would respond seems very possible. I, I think the good. reality is it's going to take a while for a deal to actually be made. It's so possible, um, but anytime news like that drops, I, my gestalt is that it's probably not going to be in the middle of a week randomly. It's probably going to be. After stock hours, after a Friday, on a Friday, or, or like maybe on a like near a holiday or something where the stock market's going to be closed. I think after that's mania. a boring take. Yeah, uh, it, it could be. Yeah, it could be after mania, but they're going to find a time though that they make sure there's not any damage because when the company does eventually try to sell, um, the other thing is they have to offer options to people um, in order to give them a chance to, to be bought out first before they hold on, because when the official buyout happens, the stock can change. So there's, there's a lot of boring shit that has to happen before they actually sell. Um, but again, it's, it's there, but uh, I mean, now there's reports that Tony Khan's father is in the, the running as one of the, whatever his name is. Yeah. I don't know his father. I just know he has a really big fucking mustache. Shahid Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Shahid. And then, uh, yeah, the Saudis are still a possibility. That's not that wasn't a lie. It's just that they lied about it happening. Oh <laughs> man, I, I almost want to say something really stupid and go, "Tony's father, Shao. Shao, Shao Khan. Khan. 
See, I love that Genji. Shotgun buys WWE. That needs to be one of the kayfabe news. Well, that, was he, his, that was his grandfather. That was his grandfather. Well, here's how um, we'll know um, if it is either the uh, Saudis or uh, I'm going to call him Shao Khan now. Shao Khan. Uh, <laughs> when you start seeing Hulkamania go wild on fucking WWE again, might be the Saudis because remember they love the old timers and shit and and the attitude error. So if you start seeing like a bunch yeah. of old timers start showing up, like in masses and people like I mean if you have Hulk Hogan there, remember he has that uh, controversy with him and people don't like that. But if you see that, that might be an indication that the Saudis might be buying. Uh, but also, if, some- if we see if we see reanimated Yokozuna, we we might. That would be a strong invitation. Because they really wanted to see Yokozuna. They didn't know that he was dead. Zombie Yoko. <laughs> they just hire Rikishi. And they're like, here, just dye your hair black. And we're going to put some, some weird face paint on you and make you zombified. Oh, man. They, they might be able to pass that off as Yokozuna. I, I, I mean, it's... And then they make, <laughs> they make Tazawa fucking uh, Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> well, this should, be, this should become a thing. This should become a thing. But uh, it, it, if it's the cons, like, obviously, if they start dropping, like, fucking AEW fucking quotes and shit, and about, like, Kenny Omega and all that stuff, then you might know that con might be the buyer. But who knows? It may not be anybody. It just might be the regular, whole, you know, shit that's going on right now. I mean, Mickey uh, Mouse is in there. I that Did you see the uh, the picture I'd sent you? That, that stupid meme that said, uh, steal the century, and it was the Photoshop... Uh, of Seth Rollins from WrestleMania, I think 31, running down the ramp, but he had Mickey Mouse head, and he's <laughs> and he's and he's wearing like the uh, turban. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> he's like running. He's like, no, no, no! I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm coming Any... for you. Oh, <laughs> 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 Oh boy! I did an oopsie. Uh, uh, any final comments about the Saudi uh, drop? Nah. Um, I guess we're just gonna wait and see what happens. I'm really uncertain of WWE's direction now. Now that this is going on, mm-hmm. like the you know stuff creatively, the TV and all that stuff. Yeah, well, I know. I mean, the I same know. thing. Yeah, I feel the same way. I know a lot of superstars started uh, like getting iffy, like uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Tony Khan made a fucking snide remark, where they're just like nobody's talking to me about fucking uh, going back to WWE again or something <laughs> like that. Oh, like, he it, made that comment. Yeah, the other night he made some comment when yeah, this was back when uh, Vince was gonna, it was announced Vince was going to come back to the board. Tony's like everyone's being real nice to me today for some reason. Oh, uh, whatever. I catch up. I catch AEW Rampage at 2 p.m. Uh, let's go. Uh, hmm. uh, Gus your feet. Yeah, you stomp a lot. Yeah. Stomping mm. noises. So, yeah. Uh, what about FTR? What do you have? What, what news do you have on them, Zach? Uh, apparently, they just kind of released a statement, or Dax did mostly, I guess, saying they're taking a break from wrestling until April. And. That's also when their contract expires with AEW. They might be going to WWE. Yeah, it could be a play to get money. It could be. 
yeah, who knows? And they said, we might not stay out that long. Uh, but I guess they're going to figure out what they're do. I what they're going to do. I was initially thinking maybe going back to WWE might be a better move for them, but now I don't know about that. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. If you'd asked me a week or two ago, I'd have said that, but I, I don't know how I feel about it now. Um, yeah. I know it seemed like this was a planned thing for a while because systematically over the last month they've dropped all of their titles one by one in great matches, no less. But they've done a lot of traveling. They have. They have done a ton of wrestling, and Dax has actually been wrestling injured for quite a while. I'm not sure about uh, Cash uh, or okay. not, but yeah, but Dax has a uh, a fractured tailbone, and he's been wrestling with a fractured tailbone and some Ow. additional injuries for a while <laughs> now. Uh, and he, he's taking some hellacious bumps just with that anyway. So no tonic uh, drops, brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> do- fucking drops does a leg drop off the top row. Oh shit, shatters it. Now, uh, yeah, he's he's been wrestling for injured for like a hot minute, um, basically since uh, Punk got injured. Uh, like got through time. that like fucking busted tailbone. That sounds really painful. Man, man's got a hard ass. Apparently, <laughs> you know, you know, it'd be really funny if Punk goes to WWE. Like he shows up at the Rumble, and he now he's at WWE again. What if he gets there and like <laughs> Tony Khan's dad buys fucking WWE? And he's like, fuck, I gotta deal with the Omegas and the elites over here too. Well, I don't even know if that would happen. I actually, even if they bought it, I don't know how much mixing would happen versus separation. Um, it's hard to say, and that's it, that speculation is just crazy anyway. But I guess since we're on those reports, Punk is doing a lot more friendly messaging in relation to AEW wrestlers and social media. Like he was wearing a like hook paraphernalia uh, in some picture he had recently. He's posting on MJF comment threads um like mjf did some funny thing where he like had i guess match of the year and uh pwi or whatever was the match he he and mjf had and uh the dog collar match and uh mjf put tape over cm punk's name and put in wrote mjf versus mjf on it <laughs> and then and Punk's comment on it was, well, if you're going to go that far, you, you need to put additional tape uh, to hide that match rating. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he, it, they're taking a little digs. And, I mean, again, it's hard to say. I mean, he might just be an asshole. But it, it seems like he's taking friendlier folks. So maybe there's something there that's being resolved. I don't know. I, I know you made a, a timeline story of showing how awesome he was at selling merchandise while he was there. That was mm-hmm. kind of amusing. Oh yeah, but how he's like, like he's he was like the number two sale. Uh, only person that sold more was Danhausen. Because I tell you what, I mean, if we're going by kayfabe of how this has all happened, Danhausen's the reason all this shit happened. Anyway, he cursed everything. Remember, he even came out on the show and said that he cursed that damn dollar that he gave Tony. Yeah, yeah. it's, and it's he, his fault. And he gave Punk the boots, and didn't he get injured in those boots? Yep. And then I'm I'm sure somewhere along the line, like he touched like the the bra and panties of one of the women that accused Vince or something. And that, that's, that's how this has come out. I don't know. He like, pet, he pet one of the camels at, at crown jewel. And now here we are. I, I think if, if they, if he does come back to AEW, you have to book him as a mega heel because he gets booze when, you know, you mentioned CM Punk, uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, the, the live shows. So, I think if anything, if he did 
make it through, like you would have him somewhat be alliance with MJF, where both of them would just get fucking mega heel heat and shit. But who I, knows? Yeah. I I, do, I don't want him in there because if he's gonna be like friendly just so that he can get that spot again and then like ruin it because I don't know someone bit like Kenny Omega in, in the ear or whatever whatever stories out there and about muffins and shit. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't want that. Um, but other than that, there's nothing really else to talk about, right? Not really, no. Yeah, a lot of nothing has happened. I mean, Cody Rhodes has vignettes that are coming out, really teasing a possible return at Rumble, which which is in a little over two weeks. I'm excited. I'll, I'll be giving a nice deep report on that when I get back. Get it? Mm. I'm assuming. If, well, assuming I get the blessing of, of people because I'll be going there live. I'm pretty excited about that. Burn it uh, down. Uh, Seth's not burning anything. Well, no, I heard his injury was kayfabe. It wasn't real. Oh, oh, that's good. That was yeah. that was worrisome. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really anything else that's been huge. That's, I mean, obviously the stuff we're talking about is some crazy shit. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else that's really hit that that's changed anything. Nothing else really happened over the holiday time. Which I mean, when you hit. December in wrestling. I mean, mm-hmm. except for back in the day when WCW was still around. December oh, is always like a slow month. It's yeah happens. Yeah, they yeah, like you said, WCW had Starcade Christmas time, which was always good, but uh yeah. Oh yeah, nothing. Oh you have a uh, formerly known as Sasha Banks who debuted in New Japan. Something um, money, right? Yeah, Mercedes Monet or with her her bam bam fire hair or whatever yeah she faced uh, uh, the carry uh carry she, she didn't face anyone she she just appeared at the end of the match uh, yeah she just showed up at the end and and then she announced a challenge so she's her first match which i'm assuming it's to be her first official match in njpw it will be uh coming up um in a few weeks um it's in san diego i think san diego or san jose um, they have one of their pay-per-views and she's facing her there. Um, so I guess that with that, uh, this is news that surprises nobody. Uh, wrestling fans on the internet take something, run with it, get crazy expectations that are super high. Wrestling company does nothing to try to shut that off and actually leads it on and then nothing happens and they're extremely disappointed. What I mean by that is there was like a hint about her being in AEW, and oh, then they yeah. had this th- this whole storyline where Soraya had to pick a tag partner, and they didn't really go anywhere to suggest that it was going to be someone already on the roster, and and they even made a hint, a subtle hint, with saying the word boss mode or something, yeah. and then everyone on the line was like, "Well, if it's not." If it's not Sasha Banks, it, it, we're going to riot. And it wasn't her. And they even tried to die it down in the week. And they made sure everybody knew Tony Storm was going to be the person. And they came up with this real shit angle to do uh, in their match. And their match was fine. It was a good match. But, like, it's just the same thing. that It's like whenever Christian debuted, everyone was like, well, this isn't CM Punk or Brock Lesnar. I was like, well, I mean, I don't know what you guys fucking want. Like, it doesn't even matter whether the company's no. being right, right or wrong. Like, you, the internet just fucks everything. 
they did it good. They they mentioned it before the fucking event, like it wasn't gonna be a thing. So it's just you know, uh, modern fans being douchebags. Yeah, exactly. Uh, dumb. Yeah, because I've I've uh, made a parrot today. Yes. Uh, quick, <laughs> quick. I w- I want to make a quick note before we go into the actual pay per view. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura had a match with uh, Muda. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, where he yeah. like kissed him, and then the other guy was like, "Whatever, queer." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like, he, like in the press conference thing at the him. end, he just yeah. straight up drops an f bomb on him. Says, "I think Shinsuke's a, a uh, and then he's like, he didn't even give a fuck. Yeah, yeah so like, like, whoa. The, fi- the finish was because Great Muda had <laughs> the mist in his mouth. Uh, Shinsuke like locked lips and like stole the mist. And then used it on the Great Muda to get the win. Uh, so, <laughs> Great Muda at the, the post interview. I, I, he, I can he, definitely say I've never heard of that spot before. It's that's new. Yeah. That's, so that's so he sat, spot. He sat down. He's like Great Muda via English in America. You might be in Europe. Uh, and then he went into like Nakamura. He's like. Oh yeah, Nakamura, good guy. Uh, he may be a uh, uh, homosexual. Uh, <laughs> he might be poly. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, he started to say the f word, but then he's like home. He said like homo. He called him. He said queer. Yeah, yeah. but he but he totally was about to say it. Yeah, he was yeah. Like, uh, he fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> like whoa, and then everybody was like really quiet. He's like uh. He good guy, bye. <laughs> yeah, because he probably had to like stop because, like, man, if I want to go to America or Europe, I better not say the f word. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. He, he it was pretty funny. Uh, I yeah. now I just want Nakamura's gimmick when he comes back. I want him to start just like kissing everyone, and it's kiss of death. He just starts kiss of death everyone. Hmm. Like yeah. he kisses them, and then all of a sudden they like start throwing up green mist. Not even that. Oh, I don't. I don't want that. I don't want the uh, that <laughs> stupid Randy Orton shit they were doing when he was feuding with Fiend, and trying to do the callback to what was the the guy that the Godfather used to play. Oh uh, fuck, uh, Papa Shango. Papa, Papa Shango. Shango. Yeah, yeah, they were the Papa Shango Ultimate Warrior bullshit where he vomited black. I don't want any of that nonsense. I just want him to kiss them and they fall over like fucking. Uh, uh, who's the guy that had the snake bite? Uh, Morella, Santino Morella. I just wanted to kiss him, and they the just cobra? fucking die. Yeah, the cobra. I wanted yeah. to be the cobra kiss, basically. He just kisses them, and they pass out. I just wanted Shinsuke to do the fucking cobra and like kiss him on the mouth, and then and then they and then they die. But no, I don't want that to happen because uh, that that would, that would ruin him. Um, that would ruin him. Yeah. Well, like a nut punch. No, yeah. no, the nut punch was amazing. I've never uh, seen anybody get so much enjoyment out of punching people in the nutsack. It was incredible. He should have done that after he just he just cleanly wins or finds another way to be dirty and actually wins the title. And then he can just nut punch while he holds the title. Like, that would have been hilarious. But they say, fuck that whole thing like, up. It's like he found AJ Styles' one true weakness besides, you know, believing the earth's flat. It was uh, that <laughs> he's fucking... His nut sack. I mean, he stole the nut punch better than anybody yeah. else I've ever seen him sell it too. Like yeah, he would bit- jump in the air two feet and go, oh, oh, <laughs> and just fall over. It's like he killed him. Like AJ Styles loses to <laughs> semen on a t-shirt from TNA and any anyone with a second grade education or higher. 
Claire Lynch. <laughs> Shit. I'll tell you uh, that world is flat. You know, you, you know, I play Madden with I'm, Xbox controllers, not PS. I'm just trolling. <laughs> just trolling, AJ. I know a lot of people mi- mis- misinterpreted his comments, and they, they all trolled him and said he was a flat dude, dude, I fucking hated him when he was on Up, Up, Down, Down, because every time he was, he's like, I've got... I I play better with the the Xbox controller. <laughs> I remember that bit. Seth Rollins beat his ass playing with yeah. the Bears. He like fucking yeah. suck on Madden. <laughs> he just laughing at him. Damn. He's like, I play I play on Xbox. These controllers are different. These triggers these trigger buttons are different. Yeah. And he's like, say whatever you want. Fucking suck. <laughs> Giving him shit. <laughs> fucking even the Miz beat fucking AJ Styles. It's like, damn, come on. Will you start blaming the controller and shit? Yeah. Oh. It's funny. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're just kidding. We love you, AJ. I I just say legit, great worker. I'm 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 just giving shit. But uh, anyway, we we got off on a little bit of a tangent there. Uh, there is one other thing to bring up since we're still talking about <laughs> other nonsense. We're here. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't catch it, go back and watch. Uh, the uh in the NJPW uh Wrestle Kingdom 17 event. Uh, the match between. Uh, Kenny Omega and oh fuck, what's his name? Will Ospreay for the Nar- IWGP Naruto US. And yeah, Naruto and Sasuke fought. Naruto came out uh, and is very British now, and Sasuke came out as, as Sephiroth. Straight up, just had the the One Wing Angel theme directly from Final Fantasy VII. So I wonder how much that costs, like in licensing. Um, yeah, but uh, the match itself was great, and the that little promo build right before. In the uh, the pre-match uh, meet they had was was really good. So uh, that match was really good. the The main event, like the main main event, Okada versus Jay White, it was pretty good too. But it wasn't quite the same. But I think that's more of a if you followed consistently. I guess if you were just watching and watch how they build, it'd be different. Um, watching Japanese wrestling still just kind of weird anyway. I, I think like I know that you guys talked before about it if you really weren't into Japanese wrestling prior to the pandemic or trying to keep up with it before, it is really hard to watch now anyway, because of the whole clap crowd stuff like the crowd. And now like they're allowing the crowds to say stuff again, kind of, but crowds have gotten adjusted. So it's really weird. Crowds don't react the same way. That matters Mm -hmm. a lot. So I I feel like that takes like the air out of it. Sometimes you'll be seeing something that's going on. And if it were here, everybody'd be screaming, holy shit and ripping their hair out. Tits would be flying everywhere. You're talking, are you talking about how in Japan, they don't really make a lot of noise. They just like, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll say they'll make it, they'll react to something. If it was like a really big move or something really shocking happened. But, well, not, not in a general sense. I'm talking like since the pandemics happened, because it, it, I agree. They still are more polite in how they respond versus yeah. what you'll get in the u.s i mean sometimes it's it's very obnoxious what happens i, I like to think europe is a good balance in between because you'll get like although i don't know how that how i would compare that now because uh even clash of the castle the crowd got a little annoying but nevertheless <laughs> drunk white people make a lot of noise but then they go what chance over and over and you're like shut up but japan there they used to make a lot of noise or at least a decent amount in response. But then after that, it would die down. Now it's literally just very light clapping. So it sounds like you're at a golfing event. They only get wild with their weeaboo shit. Like when uh, the Japanese wrestlers say something 
Well, I, I just said something semi-racist. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to move on on that. But, yeah, every time they do, like, their the, whatever yeah, Japanese. A great mood or reverse to get out of that one. Yeah, the Japanese culture, that's when, like, the Japanese get alive. But, like, when Americans do it, they're like, hey. Dude, I don't, do I don't think it's that. Even now, it's, there's a difference between what it used to be versus now. I mean, if you go back and watch the, the like, some of the Okada uh Kenny Omega matches that happened beforehand. I'm referencing the, the obvious circle jerk, seven right. stars, the Tokyo yeah. Dame. No, but seriously, any any match, uh, then I mean, hell, go back and watch Lesnar and Nakamura, or or what? I mean, that, that, you were talking about Americans. Go watch Lesnar matches from NJPW, or even Kurt Angle matches. Like the crowds react and respond and stuff. They're they're making noises. Um, so I, I don't think it's so much that it's just since the pandemic, it is dramatically different. And now people don't know how to react now that they're allowed to make some noise. It's just going to take time for that to come back. Mm-hmm. But sorry, I, I railroaded you there, Zach. What, what were you saying? I was just going to say, the only thing that matters is, uh, do the announcers still say, Larry, when somebody hits a lariat. Uh, sometimes. Okay, good. But the so- English commentating sucked at fucking, uh, wrestle kingdom. I just, uh, I was like, this is this is stupid. I want to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go listen to the Japanese, even though I don't fucking understand them. Oh, that's what do it. Yeah. But, like it's always better to listen to Japanese. Like hearing them build up with o- when Okada is doing, trying to like hit like the tenth Rainmaker, and he finally hits it. Someone in the in the announce booth comes every time. It's Lariato. That's that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> they just lose their fucking minds. It's it's like soccer goal in Europe. Go! They just lose their mind and scream for ten seconds. My favorite was I can hear the three count. My favorite Japanese call was uh, I forget what it was. Some guy put somebody through a table. He, he laid him on a table, and then the dude went up on the turnbuckle. And he's like, yeah, and then he like jumps, and then he's like, oh, very very breaky breaky, bishé bishé. That's like literally what he said. <laughs> I made note of that up. I have to find the clip and send it to you. <laughs> that's like what's what was that show that uh got super popular here uh the the sports game show where people would most extreme challenge mxc yeah, yeah it's kind of like something from mxc a little bit but they <laughs> happened in real life oh god okay before we get, get canceled for, for for being playfully racist we should move on but bros, 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 you got to say it like British people. Would they try to bros. say bro, 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 Yeah. Time for some WCW Halloween Havoc, bro. Uh, 1993, bro, bro. Um, October 24th, 1993, Lakefront Arena in New Orleans, Louisiana. Nolans. Nolans. This explains uh, why you guys were like, man, this crowd's hot. It was because they were in Nolans, and that mm-hmm. was always a uh, – that was traditionally a really great wrestling town in the south, but they kind of, like, lost them after Junkyard Dog. It, they didn't recover for a while. So, Fair yeah. enough. I, I kind of – just, It's just like that city in general, everybody's drunk, so – like every crowd could be that crowd was nuts. I have a lot to say about different people throughout the show that, that I noticed specifically one annoying bitch in the crowd. I wish somebody would have got t- taken her out. <laughs> well, Does what were you going to say? 
No, I was going to start off, but like you brought up the crowd. I was going to say Cactus Jack took care of someone's fucking camera. I'll tell you what, over fucking <laughs> Vader's, <laughs> Vader's head. <laughs> the look, as we're, since we're talking about the look on that guy's face, there's a clip after he hands it back to him and it's like shattered. And the guy <laughs> looks up and looks at him and then looks down at his camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Cactus Jack broke my camera. <laughs> I had to pause. I was like pissing myself. It's like I guy definitely just had that happen. It's like the fuck, this guy broke my camera. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I paid somebody a thousand dollars. Shit. A thousand dollars in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, uh. that's a nice camera. <laughs> I can burn over Vader's fat head. Oh man. Oh my god. Uh, well. We got yeah. some Tony Schiavone uh, fucking lore here, um, where kids are going trick or treating, and kid well, the vampire kid was like, "I know a scary house and stuff." Yeah, they're they're trying to find a spooky house, and but here's the thing: was this guy was this a monster posing as Tony Schiavone? No, I thought it, well, I thought it was a monster posing as Tony Schiavone who was trying to to pretend he was Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there were some clear pedophile vibes here. I was like, this is a, a little weird at 93, but all right. They're, they're trick-or-treating, and they find a spooky house, and they, they go there because the vampire kid's being a prick, and he wants to pick the last house. So they go there, and it's Tony Schiavone. They knock on the door, and he opens the door. And he's like, wow, Tony Schiavone. They keep mentioning how it's like, we should just go home and watch Halloween Havoc. And he's and, like, why aren't you there? And he's like, uh, my helicopter. <laughs> There's a helicopter that's going to come here to pick me up. It's like, okay. <laughs> so if we're doing this lore here and he's like uh, a Jeffrey Epstein monster or whatever, uh, was fucking uh, Brittany, uh, Brit from fucking a- AEW as a kid somewhere in the house? <laughs> and Brit Baker's in the basement pulling children's teeth out. <laughs> it was like a six-year-old. Yeah, just, yeah. Just a demented child just pulling teeth. I got <laughs> Tony Schiavone is weird, dude. Like I like, even though I know this is a bit, I'm like, this kid is fucking weird. And then like, when you get later in the episode and he's being Jesse Ventura and like saying how good looking he is, I was like, what the fuck is going on with Tony? But yeah. uh, I mean, if we're fun. sticking to the if we're sticking to the times, ninety three, he kind of looks like like he's trying to pull off some like BDSM. Jeff Gordon vibe, I don't know. <laughs> he well, he kind of looks like a young like Jeff Gordon, but but he's like totally ready to like do some really sadistic stuff to human bodies. I've never but heard they're... I've never heard that comparison, but it is worth mentioning that uh, he and his wife uh, created a large family between the two of them. Those are all their kids, so that might you know you might have something there. <laughs> so, oh, there. Okay, fair enough. Even, even the blackhead. I mean, I don't know. Now, I don't know about that, but like, I think I remember hearing something like he had like six kids or some shit. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. man. But Tony Schiavone looked like he could be in like one of the Phantasmagoria games, unlike his acting alone. I, oh yeah. Well, first off, I felt like they left him hanging to dry. They're like, "Oh, you make the shit up." Any improv—that's where the helicopter came from. It, it sounded like total improv. Uh, there's a fucking helicopter in the back. Just like, are you mm. the Matt Hardy compound? What the fuck are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> but, uh, the, lake of, the lake of reincarnation or whatever the fuck's out back. Yeah. So what's funny is I, I thought that 
he was gonna be a vampire. I thought like, it seemed pretty clear he was gonna be a vampire, and then he like took his face off and morphed into the like the more sadistic version of the the fucking troll that wanted to eat Ernest. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, I guess that's a troll. He's like a really big nose. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he was, but yeah, it ain't no Halloween. So. Mm-hmm. It is. It is in 1993 when we were reviewing this pay per view. That's yes. right. <laughs> and, and if you think that was crazy of seeing Tony Schiavone turn into a monster, we we go next to Uncle Eric in a Confederate co- costume. No, General Uncle Eric Stonewall Bischoff is who he is. Okay, <laughs> yeah, in the Minuteman, he he was wearing like the the Tennessee Volunteers like costume. That's like the like legitimately. That's like one of the costumes uh, that the um, their mascot will wear. Is they'll yeah. do the gray and orange. Uh, I don't know if he has any ties. To, I legitimately have no idea if he has any ties to like, the University of Tennessee. But that is that is something that is worn. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Was just I just funny. kept saying, "Minuteman Bischoff just, keeps popping up." I thought he was just dressed up as a Confederate guy because they're in fucking Atlanta and they're in New Orleans, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it, yeah, I kind of got that vibe too. I mean, he's wearing the gray, so it it fit. It's kind of what I took as. It's like okay, whatever. He's, he's just there. That that uh facial hair, something. I think that was like, fake. Yeah, it it looked like it was kind of like painted on, or he just like it, we hit like that sweet spot of he doesn't have like actual hair there yet. He's got like the the deepest five o'clock shadow you've ever seen. It's not the the scummy Eric Bischoff five o'clock shadow that he actually grew later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I think that was the fake one because right now he's still like the Todd Pettengill of WCW currently. <laughs> Except not as embarrassing. Uh, he's showing us the the wheel that you spin to make fucking deals, and then he pitches us over to Jesse and uh, Tony dressed up as Jesse, and, and Jesse's dressed up as like a doctor or something. He's wearing a weird mask at first, and he takes it off. Yeah, that mask like, is what? freaky. It's like, well, he wore it, and then like uh, Tony's like, well, "What are you supposed to be?" He's like, "I'm New Orleans' number one gynecologist." <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, damn, what the hell? Jesse Ventura is everyone's uncle that just says cringy shit, but it's funny. Cause he's like that, bl- that's such a weird thing to say, but it was hilarious. Because he just goes, doesn't give a fuck. That's why it's funny. Like he knows he's like, I'm just gonna say whatever, and you guys can't stop me. <laughs> so that's that, no, you're not wrong. Uh <laughs> Now I think it's it is important to note they are immediately selling the spin the wheel make a deal. It's important for other people historically to know Halloween Havoc 1992, which I actually recently watched for I, whatever reason about a month or two ago, um, is notoriously game. one of the worst pay per views that WCW put out in terms of like how it's voted on. And most of it is because their main event match was one of these spin the wheel make a deal matches, and it was the the infamous coal miners glove match between Sting and Jake Snake Roberts. And mm. it, it basically between that match and how it was received and his own personal demons, this kind of just like killed Jake the Snake's career. Yeah, like he'd already left WWF because of some of the problems he was having there, but then that happened. So it's important to know that. This should have been dead in the water, but for some reason they were like, we'll bring it back. Now, I don't know if what we get to later, if that stipulation was like they'd done it the right way and they decided, okay, we're going to rig it in a way that we get to pick what the match stipulation was. But the previous year they talked about, I've, I've heard this on another podcast, JR's talked about it, 
In 92, they did not do that. They they actually let it spin for real and just like rolled with it. And they ended up with the match that they got, and it was fucking shit. People were super mad, throwing bottles and shit in the, the arena. So, <laughs> Damn. this one was a little better. Uh, but I, I was curious. I don't know if you guys had any knowledge on that or not. Do you know if the the wheel was rigged this time around, or was it? I have no idea. No, I don't. Yeah. I, don't I didn't really look into it. Yeah, I don't know either. I and I, I should have. I watched it yesterday. I, I should have probably looked into it a little more. But be curious to know if that's the case. I might. I might read on that later. But, um, but yeah, I just I found it interesting that they stuck with that. Like you can still just do Halloween Havoc, which they do later on, and you don't need the whole wheel thing. You can just do it without it. But they decided to stick to the gimmick anyway, even though it, it totally dropped a turd the previous year. <laughs> so it's so good for them, I guess. But yeah, we want to hit this first match, which is, man, you a, talk about clinic for opening match. <laughs> <laughs> I like Thank you for taking my, my sarcasm and throwing it out the fucking window. <laughs> I'm like over here trying to sell it as a masterpiece. I, I didn't look at this card at all. Uh, I, just I, knew, I just knew we were going to get Ric Flair, Rick Rude, and Cactus Jack and Vader. Same. And I'm like, just, just put me a solid pay-per-view just based off those two matches. And they open up with Harlem Heat when they're still owned by Carl <laughs> Parker and the Equalizer. I'm like, okay, the fucking Equalizer's with them. That's random as shit. The, <laughs> the Equalizer was normal in this. Why? Uh, he, he had talking. Now, he, he definitely had half the bath salts because he came out and he was talking about ripping someone's face off or something. I yeah. think he's he's been getting like medication, and they're still trying to like adjust the levels, and yeah. they, they they still don't have it quite right yet. Like uh, the fucking bees aren't chasing him or anything. Yeah, he stopped swatting <laughs> at invisible he's not, flies. He's not doing that. Yeah, but he, he definitely looked at the camera and said, "Cut it off. We're gonna we're gonna rip it off." And he's talking about ripping someone's face off. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you doing? And then he's got they're all against uh, Ice Train, and I'm like, oh boy, Ice Train's back. Charlie Norris, the the fucking Dollar General Tatanka and Shockmaster, and I'm like, well, I mean, at least they're still doing stuff with the Shockmaster. <laughs> the only just, person that was good in this was the Harlem Heat and fucking Ice Train. <laughs> no, Shock Shockmaster held up his end of the deal, I think, in this. Yeah, I, I'll uh, say that. If well, the problem is you're not paying attention to anything he's doing in the ring because. Uh, Jesse is just fucking roasting this guy the whole time he's in the ring. I like, know he's roasting the fuck out of him. That, this fat clumsy fuck in the ring. <laughs> and, then, and then Tony's like, I don't, I don't understand it, Jesse. It's like outside of the ring, he's he's a total klutz, like you're saying. And he's like, well, how do you explain when he's in the ring? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, gonna, know what's I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop some lore on you. You guys tell me if this theory holds up. I feel like they built lore. And so just he didn't even realize it, but inadvertently, Tony Schiavone created Eugene's gimmick in WWE the moment this happened because Ooh. he was like, "Yeah, they did everything but call Shockmaster retarded." But then said, oh, "But he gets in the ring and he's a genius and he's so agile, even though he's a big guy and he does all this stuff." And eventually, they were watching tapes or something. I like to think maybe it was back uh, when uh, Cornette is there with, with Vince and Vince is asking what he's doing while he's eating the steak wrap and Corny's there like, you see this, this is, this is dumb son of a bitch tripped over some shit and they won't let it go. And they're calling him fucking idiot. The outside of the ring, his whole gimmick is he's stupid and clumsy, but he gets in the ring and he becomes a virtuoso of wrestling. And Vince hears that and says, I like it. 
go find me a, a shaggy looking tard. We'll, we'll, we'll make him into the next fucking Hulk. <laughs> yeah, what's really funny? What's really funny about that story is Nick Densmore was like one of Cornette's like best students at OVW, and he fucking hated what they did to him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he hated it. I remember hearing that uh, he'd said things like he'd rather have done Doink uh over because he, he he was doink at one point yeah right? he was yeah yeah and he said he would have rather them like just reincarnated doink and he would have just done like the happy doink that nobody wanted uh rather than do eugene i get sure. it like that that is not something you want to have claim to fame in terms of character but uh it had its moments i guess it did have its moments like triple h in the ball pit and yeah, him selling, falling out of the ball pit. That was incredible. <laughs> I forgot about the ball pit. I was thinking more about like they finally get you behind him with him and Regal and and Triple like that. That whole like stuff happens and then yeah. he gets turned on and you're like, oh no, it's like breaking your heart. So it did build some heat. So it had something to it, but it it was it was some testy waters. It's it's actually back to what you said, Dubs. Early two thousands WWE based as fuck. There's <laughs> good shit there, man. There's some, some really ruthless aggression right there. That's what that was. Um, I don't have much to say about this match because there wasn't a lot to it. It was just you know the the heart the heat came in and did good shit because they're they're Harlem Heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the Equalizer came in and was crazy. Yeah, and Ice Train could punch and. He he's strong, I guess. He, he's he still green, though. He's still he's green. Super green. Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. He's stiff as shit. Not in a good way. Charlie Norris is still like I don't. I can't tell anything about him. I just find the timing of this character uh, really funny. He's like <laughs> a he's like a mixture of Native American and Motley Crue. It's just like <laughs> like I don't know what he is. Like at least Tatanka, he does like that. That uh, war cry bullshit. Uh, yeah, and somebody out in the fucking crowd was doing it too all night. Oh, mm-hmm. that fucking female lady. I'm, 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 we're gonna get into it. I got, I, I got a whole thing about that. She, she was doing the cock gobble every time. <laughs> she was doing uh, it all fucking night, brother. All night. Yeah. The the shockmaster when he got in and they they started doing some deep lore too. They kept saying, "Don't call him Uncle Fred." Oh yeah, they kept saying. Uh, he kept saying, "Is he Fred? Is don't call him Fred." And Tony says, "No, don't call him Uncle Fred." And that's because uh, I guess uh, his real name is Fred Ottman. Uh huh. But yeah. um, I guess uh, he was really good friends with Dusty or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess Cody was backstage uh, at the show. He was backstage a lot back then when du- Dusty came back and started working with WCW. And he was there when the Shockmaster thing happened. <laughs> he said, uh, I think he, he asked uh, his dad's like, uh, is that Uncle Fred when he fell through the wall and his helmet fell off? Like, he didn't know that he was going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was a running gag. Yeah, I've, I've heard this. It, it's pretty funny. Uh, so it became a thing of don't don't call him Uncle Fred. Like, it was a, a running joke. <laughs> yeah. So there's there is actual deep lore here. But uh, he he did good shit too. It's like he'd go in there and he start cleaning house, just throwing mm-hmm. bombs and slamming people. And um, yeah, he looked good. He did I look think, good. I think Wardlow could learn some fucking things from fucking the Shockmaster. And now he he battles people. 
Is that Wardlow? You just like I'm just gonna power bomb and call it a night, brother. I, I mean, mean no. Wardlow would be better if he didn't do that stupid shit where he looked like he's about to do like a, a weird cartwheel and then lariat like that. That's yeah. that move alone is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You're you just take a running start, you idiot. Like it was well, stupid when you do that. You know what it is? He plays. I think he's a video gamer like like we are. And I bet yeah. he plays fighting games. And he knows some fighting games you do like wind ups for big hits. And he's like, yeah. "Man, that'd be so cool if I did that. I could make a move out of that." It looks well, if someone else did it next to him <laughs> instead of doing like you know how people do like this, get ready to do the same move and they like run into each other. Actually, it happens in the next match. They do the the cross body on each other. Yep. Uh, yeah. Someone else is going to do a wind up Larry at the same time as him, and it's going to like the the fucking Dragon Ball Fusion dance. And they're going to turn into a fat version of each other. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. So you stop doing that shit. You can't dance in the ring. It's Captain getting you shit don't work. So what you're telling me, Zach, is that Wardload is a fucking charge character. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least he quit doing that really convoluted, stupid finisher with the where you put the guy up in the turnbuckle and then like put them down and then knee them in the head. Like that was fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the point of that was, but uh, yeah, it's too much setup. I finish, didn't. Oh, go I, ahead. I didn't like how P- Booker T had to take the fall for Shockmaster, though. I feel like that buried him a little bit. Well, but... he was the smallest guy on the team, so I guess it had to be him. And it's sure. not to say Booker's fucking small. It's just those other two guys, his his brother's bigger than he is. And mm-hmm. Fucking Equalizer's not going to go down. He's on bath salts. Yeah, fucking bath salt Bob. <laughs> That's his new name, bath salt Bob over here. Fucking <laughs> six foot ten. 400 pounds of stupid just walking around swatting at imaginary bees. It's hard to be stupid unless you're glucose and cholesterol, and they got to be pretty fucking easy. They got to be by staying by himself. I forgot about that fucking cocoa pebbles and, and fruity pebbles. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, Fish was like Equalizer put Booker T in like a bear hug, and then he just slammed him in the bear hug. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. And then that was a pin. I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, if a guy that big. Bear hug slammed you and squashed you. You're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was okay. I I wasn't offended by it. It was kind of fun just because of the collection, the, the motley crew of people in this match. Oh, it's it's all I give the the crowd some credit. They are like hard into the whoop there it is chance. Oh my god, all night whoop there oh my, it is. <laughs> it's so hot in this. So they it like they tear that shit up. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I enjoy. I even though it's a crap match, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't like overtly bad, other than like Ice Train. Like Ice Train was like the worst guy in the match, really. Yeah, and I still don't like Char- everything about Charlie Norris is just weird. It's like this is out of place. You're, rip- just, you're of- just ripping off something that's already not working in a diff- another company you're competing with. And also, how the fuck did you get away with calling him Charlie Norris? This is like prime Walker, Texas Ranger right now in 1993. He's Chuck Norris' cousin. <laughs> 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 like, like, just call him Tonto or some shit. Like, <laughs> go ahead and just stick it. Like, just be on the sleeve if you're going to go that route with the gimmick. John Redcorn. Uh, John Redcorn. <laughs> <John Redford. laughs> Come on. <laughs> John Redcorn meets meets a skinny white guy named Boomhauer, and they just go to fucking town. Terrible. Let's tag go. Team division. That should be a tag team. <laughs> Managed by Dale. Dale just throwing pocket sand or heel team. I just did it. There's a whole thing. Can we, can we just make a King of the Hill stable, <laughs> and, and we call it King of the Hill, but instead of Hill, it's Heel King of the Hill. See, Hank's, what I did there. Hank's there too. His name's Hank Hell, and he's like a legitimate giant. 
I saw that. That was a, that was a meme. That was a call meme. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, my heart's gonna stop. Take us a fucking hour to get through this first match. We have nothing to even say about it. Uh, I gave it a five because I I enjoyed myself despite it being kind of eh. Yeah, I gave it an average five out of ten. Like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like good either. Uh, so it's one of the lows of the of the night. Yeah, I gave it a five as well. We all three of us. I was just well, like it. It, it didn't offend me, but at the same time, it was just not you know exactly good. So yeah. Uh, what is Red Rooster doing fucking here? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Terry Taylor, baby. He got yeah. done being. Yeah, he. I guess he left WWF earlier that year because he was there. Remember when we were watching Raws at first? Yeah. And he came back here, which he always got used better in the old Crockett territory in WCW. Anyway, why would why were they booing him? You notice that because he was a heel uh, there, like pretty much the whole time. Oh. So like to that crowd, and he probably worked in Mid South too. And so in that crowd, there's probably some people who remember him even from back then. I would say. Man, look at that asshole came back. See that he had to, he had to fly the coop because his, him and his his fucking red mohawk just didn't do shit. But yeah, they did that thing where it's like there's going to be two referees and Ric Flair versus Rick Rude, and I'm like, okay, that's strange. Yeah, that, that is literally. I mean, it is very obvious after you watching the match why they did it now. It is there for exactly one spot, but yeah. whatever. Just to yeah. extend the feud, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, there should have been two referees for the fucking Vader versus Cactus Jack match. Like that would make more sense than Rick Rude and and uh, Rick Flair. But obviously, well, because of the spot, I get it. Well, we all know Harley races gentleman. He doesn't cheat. I mean, he was the other king of wrestling. Don't tease me, bro. <laughs> I, I can't wait to tell you guys my hot take on Harley Race. All right. <laughs> I, so, I, got, I got a Harley Race hot take at the end. So now we got Paul Orndorff with Paul. the Assassin versus Ricky Steamboat. And then I was like, why's the fuck the Assassin here with Paul Orndorff? <laughs> so, by the way, uh, it was supposed to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Yoshi Kwan, but they canceled that match. Uh, thank God. Better. Yeah, because this I mean, Matt, I, I like Yoshi Kwan, but he's like kind of cringe. They they said Yoshi Kwan was injured, so kayfabe he's injured. They had to pull someone else, but was was that actually it, or was there like was he legitimately injured? Or like I don't know if you guys know or not, or was it actually he was pulled because uh, okay, this is a failure. We need to get we can't have this on the show. I don't know, sure. but okay. I did I did look it up as far as like why this match was there and it just said that you know they pulled the yoshi kwan match they, i didn't get the reason on why oh okay i mean I, i'm just going by like tony shivani very quick snippet oh uh yoshi kwan's injured so they're replacing him with paul orndorff and then the assassin comes out and just making sure the assassin's not one of the the fucking glucose cholesterol boys right no he's, he, just a, he's a third one he's just a triglyceride he's he's just an old wrestler no, okay. he's trying. He's trying to kill Dusty Rhodes, but oh, uh, no, I remember that. I just he just yeah. he just fat as fuck too. Man, his mask is like <laughs> he's so his head is so fat. His mask looks like it's gonna cut off his circulation. Yeah, I'm but yeah. I I give him. I, I actually I should give more credit to this, uh, uh, Ricky uh, Steamboat. Uh, he sold that headbutt. Like yeah, when he did. 
when it, when the assassin hit him with that head headbutt, I was like, God damn, he sold that really well. Like it looked like it fucking hurt. Yeah, well, I mean, Steve you know, sold, sold it well. Fucking Jesse, when they were like, you see him, he put the thing in there, and it's like, Jesse's like, you see how fat he is, he can't fit anything in that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfect cover for him. It really was. <laughs> well, Steve Boat's got real experience at being knocked unconscious in an instant, too, so he probably knows how to do that. <laughs> but uh, this was a good match. Uh, I liked it. This is yeah. probably this is probably one of the top three, actually four matches I should say that I like. Um, it was yeah. They just did a lot of wrestling stuff. What was really interesting about this match though was that like how pissed off Steamboat got the match basically. Yeah, he did some heel of shit. Like even to the point where uh, uh, we call it where he's like pulling the fingers and like Jesse's like, oh look at that, that's illegal. He's <laughs> like splitting the fingers, like ah, like doing that. Um, but yeah, it's like well, and they make sure to remind everybody. It's like they've crossed paths several times, and Paul Orndorff has been cheating a lot. Usually, in it, like in all of his feuds, he usually ends up winning by like bullshit. Ever since he came here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I guess, I mean, that's the old baby face thing. He, he finally gets come up and so he gets pissed and it's okay because he's dealt with all this stuff. Yes. Ricky Steamboat oh, yeah, does own. Oh, oh, yeah. Ricky Steamboat's great. Orndorff just still looks rough, too. Like, you could actually tell because, of, and it's, again, it's injury based, right? Like, this is, he had, he had pretty severe injury. I, I can't remember if it was just his upper arm or his shoulder, but you can actually tell there's a size difference between his arms, too. This is neck. He had a, he had a neck, uh, okay, problem with his neck, and it caused his arm to atrophy. Yeah, and you can see more, it, though. It's 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 much more evident even in, like, for me at least, it was more evident in this match than it was the last. Yeah, uh, he, he's, been, he's been working through that, like, ever since he got that neck injury, and I don't know how long he's had it is the thing. I think it's been years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, he had something wrong with his leg, too, for a while. Like, he taped up his... Uh, quad like pretty heavily and he was like that for a few months and it was kind of obvious he was having a hard time moving as well as he he couldn't move as well as he was before mm-hmm. but it looks I like keep, he's over that i keep on learning about new rules and uh <laughs> oh my god i just did like a bill maher thing new rule everyone uh new rules and <laughs> in, in wcw uh where like you can't put someone's head into the post like that was like uh, because that was the rule. Like Tony Schiavone like said because Jesse Ventura went crazy. Like he hit him in the face, Tony, and he's like, no, no, it hit him in the shoulder. It's it's legal. I'm like, what is it? When did this happen? I thought it was always mm-hmm. hit the head on the the pole. That could be like old carryover rules from when uh, Bill Watts was in charge. Because remember that there was a rule that you couldn't throw a guy over the top rope. Mm-hmm. That was that was a disqualification. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Bill Watts stuff, and even the close fist thing, which they keep saying that, but guys just keep punching each other anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's it, At this point, it's more of a... Because he, I think he says it in this match. He's like, yeah, see, he's the first one to go to using a closed fist. Uh, I think now it's it's so much like it's not illegal, but it's more of a, okay, well, there's the... This is the asshole in the match. This is the first yeah. one that would resort to that first. Yeah. Uh, Steamboat takes over after... A little while and just starts beating the fuck out of Orndorff. And yeah, he, he starts working his arm 
and he takes him over to the, the post and snaps his arm on the post. Like he drags him to the post while he's in the ring and does it. Uh, and he's like throwing him into the pole, like you're saying, and he's throwing him into the barricade. And uh, eventually, oh, I forgot they did the they did a spot on the ramp too, where Steamboat like they fought and he ended up out there. This is before he took control of the match. Mm-hmm. And then they did the spot that they always like to do on the ramp, where somebody runs full speed and tries to like dive over the top rope. Somebody does that at least once. Yeah. This time it was his turn, but he fucking missed. He crashed and burned. <laughs> what do you guys? Uh, I always. Uh, what do you guys think about the whole ramp leading to the ring kind of thing? I always thought that was like dangerous because what if they like fall on the side of the ropes and shit and like hit that corner of that ramp? Like I'm guessing that's why they probably stopped doing it because how dangerous it is it could be yeah uh from what i understand a lot of people don't really like that that uh ramp that's level with the ring Mm -hmm. a lot of people have complained about it saying stuff you're talking about uh it also made to where like it was hard for managers to work the outside because you basically you can't go all the way around the ring Mm -hmm. uh so that kind of sucks for them too uh but I think I've heard about people getting injured on those ramps before. Uh, Invader almost fucking falls off of it later when Cactus suplexes him. Mm-hmm. I got nervous, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, they, they were going, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. But uh, Steamboat's like doing like real good wrestling stuff. Like he's working arm, he's putting in hammer locks and, you know, floating over, doing arm bars. And, uh, he beats up Paul so bad that it's funny. He actually begs off. He gets up in like the fetal position in the corner. Like he gets beat up so much. He's like, no, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Heels need to like look weak sometimes. And it's like, I always say nobody wants to look weak anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's fine to do that because like you can do the coward, like chicken shit type of thing because you do it for sympathy and you wait because you're trying to draw them in and then you, make your move like that's fine it's okay to look weak yeah i i agree um let's see where am i at now Uh, they start doing oh yeah they did an atomic drop spot where like steve atomic dropped them and like out in the ramp and then paul flips over the ropes back into the ring that was funny yeah i laughed (laughs) it's like we got our atomic drop spot Mm. uh this is it starts getting in the finish here i think uh Paul goes for a pile driver, but Steamboat reverses out. And uh, I think he. <coughs> oh, that's when the assassin tries to get. Yeah, that's when he loads the mask. Eventually mm-hmm. ends up outside. And he headbutts him. I, what the? What was that supposed to be? Like a piece of lead or something? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I was thinking of because it's like the thing with like the, you know, the trick brass knucks looks like they're wrapped up or something. Mm-hmm. You know what that is. But. Yeah, no, it looks like you just put like a, like a lead strip or something there. Like something, it was like a lead pellet or something or a brick and he, he headbutted him with it, which I mean, I, I guess that's fine. But like you'd said, uh, Dubs, he sold it really well. So he died like instantly. Yeah, he just, just fell right over and he <laughs> nearly made it back up, but then the ring out happens. Did, uh, uh what's the like more, a- oh, what? He fell down like a sack of shit. Like, <laughs> the he, he did. Yeah. 
Like, what's the lore of that, though? Is, is is the assassin's head so fat that he can do that? Like, he can just headbutt people with foreign object and it won't affect him? I mean, is they he... have they have a fat fuck out there in a luchador mask named the assassin. I You can make up whatever word you want about him, I guess. <laughs> Does he have, like, Samoan headbutt resistance because of his size? I don't know. I just assumed he ate his victims. I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was the principal from Billy Madison. Whoa. <laughs> but, uh, 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 let's see. Uh, Steamboat keeps, he starts coming back. He's chopping ball. He hits a couple of shoulder blocks. And then the referee, the referee does this a couple times in the match. He tries to restrain Steamboat because he keeps getting mad. And he, he's kind of getting overzealous. He's not giving Paul time to recover. And Steamboat shoves him away. This opens up Orndorff to take advantage of this. He throws Steamboat outside. That's when the headbutt happens. Mm-hmm. And then he can't get up. That's the thing. He's getting counted out. And he like, oh, he's back on the apron, but he, he's just so fucked up. He can't get in. He gets counted out. Um, yeah. I found actually some interesting news here um, because I'm, I'm trying to see if I could read up some lore that would, I could bring up. Apparently, Nick Patrick is the son of the assassin. What? Yes. Shit, it's an inside job. Yeah. I never knew that. Oh, my God. I counted so quickly. One, two, three, four, five. It was, the yeah, counts were fast as shit, by the way. I mean, uh, if he wasn't going to do that, he was going to eat him. I guess so. Like, <laughs> like when Pizza the Hut's your dad, I guess. <laughs> Very good match. Steve Boat sold his ass off. So did Paul, though. Um, there's a lot of really good technical wrestling stuff and just and just kind of like brawling too. There's a spot where I think they went to the outside for a bit, um, like in the in the crowd. It wasn't as long as the other one later. Uh, the finish was like it took a little oomph out of it, in my opinion. But if this culminates in like a, a return match at Battle Bowl or Starcade, I'm that outdoes this match, then I'm okay with. It. We'll watch see. It, watch it be Yoshi Kwan's back see, in the uh, I feel I feel differently about it though because I'm already tired of the two of them facing each other. Like they'd already moved on and they just pull this back in. If maybe if there's a blow off, we'll get something that makes me feel better about it. But um, I was the ending. The ending was a stinker, and that's and what you said is a recurring theme. The ending kind of takes the breath out of it, and that yeah. happens in a ton of the matches in this pay per view. It's also yeah. a very common theme within WCW at this time. So. Yeah. I will I will give them this though. This was the best match out of any one of them they had. Because I was kind of thinking what you were, what you just said. Like, oh, I'm kind of tired of these guys. Mm-hmm. And then they do this match. <laughs> so I, I agree. When that I first heard it, I rolled my eyes and I was like, fucking Paula. We're gonna hear Paula chance, which we did right at the beginning. But technically this was this was a good match. The ending kind of sours it a little. I'm curious, what did you end up giving it? I gave it a seven point seven out of ten. Okay, I gave it a seven and a quarter. I I would have rated it higher, but the, I I took a half point uh, myself because of uh, the finish. Because um, those finishes get me, and I was like, oh, I bet there's gonna be three or four more of these, and then they were like, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm probably gonna drop this. I'm gonna drop it down to a six though, because when I put gave it that at the time, I didn't know a lot of these other matches were gonna end the same way that they did. Mm-hmm. That, that they ended up being like. So at first I was like, well, if this culminates into a, a, a return match that's just as good or better later with a more definitive finish, I'm okay with that. 
I, t- I tell you what, though, there's one match that makes me really fucking sad, but we'll get to it. Um, for me, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I will say with the Paula chance, I think Ricky probably silent it a little bit because it's to the point where Paula was getting his ass whooped and people were like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Are you okay? And like the Paula no. chance, the Paula chance started stopping a little bit. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> well, the other thing too was Paul wasn't feeding it because you know, typically when he gets him, he gets mad. Like, mm. Stop it. Say so he just, yeah, he just didn't, he like, ignored it. He didn't have, well, he, he, because of what he was supposed to be doing in this match, not what he wanted to do. Like I was talking about earlier today, <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. like, he, uh, there wasn't time to feed it. So everybody was just watching him get his ass kicked. So it's like, well, how can you make fun of this guy when he's already haven't done what we want to have done to him? <laughs> yeah. So I hope by next pay-per-view, we don't hear Paula chance anymore, but I, I gave it a seven out of 10. Yeah. So did we you drop it. it? Did you say you drop it to a 7.6 or you drop it to a six? 7.6. 7.6. Okay. That's, that's what yeah, I thought I, you meant. I, I shaved okay. a little bit off. Yeah. Given everything I know now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the 2020. It helps. Uh, then Tony tells us that WCW has to recognize Rick Rude's big gold belt as a world heavyweight title now, thanks to a conference between officials from different international promotions or something. <laughs> I was like, okay, I mean, great. But yeah, like whatever the fuck that means. It means what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Then uh, then we get British Bulldog versus Lord Steven Regal. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so I I didn't look at Vader. So that means Vader is not the champion anymore. No, he, he is. still is. Oh, he yeah. Still is. So there's the WCW World Heavyweight Title, and then there's the WCW International Title. But they now have called it the International World Heavyweight, which we're getting right. pretty close to when it gets unified. Right? They're going to unify gets- both belts in a couple months. Starcade, I think, is where that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, we get Bulldog versus Regal with Sir William for the WCW television title, which Regal still has. Is he cooking, though? Is Bulldog cooking? He was trying to cook, but Regal slowed him down and he wasn't able to cook. He he wants to cook, bruv. Bruv, he just wants to cook. Bruv, 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 I just want to fucking cook. Steven Regal wouldn't let him. He was so disgusted (laughs) with, with his fucking station he just didn't even want to touch him and eventually he, he ties him up in holes and starts calling him swine it's like, damn, <laughs> i love the initial lockup where they try to lock up and he lets go of him and he's like oh and he's like flinging sweat off him like, <laughs> jesse's like he's so disgusted with all of his grime and grease he just doesn't even want to touch him <laughs> I can't remember. Okay, so I'm going to say it now because I don't. Maybe one of you remembers it. I think it's this match, but within this match, Jesse Ventura makes a Star Trek reference. I didn't catch that. Yeah, I, he makes some reference about the holodeck. I'm pretty. Oh sure yeah, I, I totally missed it. Yeah, I, I think it's this match. It, it's this match or the. Uh, it's within the next three matches, but I was pretty sure it's this. But now I don't remember what the reference was. It's something about someone being ugly. It's a uh, oh no no it's um it's about a green monster maybe it was earlier maybe he was talking about uh the shockmaster I think he might it, have been he was he was talking <laughs> about the shockmaster looking like uh or no ice train looking like the green monster 
out of the holodeck. And I remember hearing that, like, wait a second. Oh, damn. <laughs> that joke's got layers. I just realized <laughs> yeah, that. It does. It, I, yeah. I remember hearing that. I was like, shit, I just had a stroke. Jesse Ventura just went, like, eight layers deep. <laughs> he just straight, he, he called him green without calling him green. He did. He called, him, <laughs> he called him green, but also called him a monster and made a made a Star Trek reference all in one line. All right, oh we'll get God. back to this match because that, that was then. I, I've been holding off because I thought it was in the Davy Boy match, but clearly I lost reference of time uh, hearing time. it. Yeah, time and space just got ripped up. But uh, but yeah, old Davy Boy and Regal. Uh, I I thought this was a pretty sound match. Uh, and B- the very technical. Very it was very technical. technical. And I did, I thought the this is actually the this is the type of finish I really like. I love these types of finishes. This is a classic WCW uh, and old territory thing where you know you have someone like these two can wrestle for a long period of time, but you have someone clearly you want to go over, even if it's not the person the crowd's going behind. So you do this like quicken time limit. Yeah. And you do the actually, I felt like they executed that spot really well. But we'll, I'll let you do the play by play. We'll get to it at the end. Before yep. you do, before you do that though, um, hold on. The bean just kicked in. I didn't even have anything, but I totally my 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 train of thought just fucking left. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, hey, hold on. Do you smell burnt toast? Are you right? No, I'm fine. Are you gonna do a per- are you gonna do a perk assault off your house? Is that what you're gonna do? I yes, thought you were I'm... gonna do a I thought you were gonna drop an ad. I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go over here and eat some beans. <laughs> I'm gonna do a Kurt Angle fucking uh moonsault and land on my fucking head. Anyway. <laughs> uh they start off doing trying to like lock up and they start doing like world of sports stuff, which is like the the British, particularly the British style wrestling, where they do the the all the quick reversals, transitioning in and out of holds like really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool, and then it shows you. I I feel like a lot of people still don't really understand like what British Bulldog's whole skill set really is. I still think a lot of people just think he's he was power guy in Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. No, I do wrestle too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think he's probably one of the most underrated wrestlers from that time period. But uh, then uh, Regal takes him down. At, he gets the better of him. And this is like one of my favorite things he does. One of my favorite things about Regal is he does like these really little simple things. It's like little details in a match. But if you catch it, it's like, oh, shit. He front leg sweep, like he just dropped him on his back, grabbing his legs. And he's got, his, he's holding his leg. Like he, you think he's going to like put a, put him in a hold. And he just steps forward, steps on his arm and just stomps his arm. <laughs> and then he's uses like, oh, that shit. to grab his wrist and put him in the wrist lock. Yeah. 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 That was a, that was a really cool transition. Um, and then, uh, they, they keep doing the world of sports stuff and Regal keeps snap marrying him and putting him in chin locks, but he can't hold him. Mm-hmm. And that leads to Bulldog doing a monkey flip, and Regal sells it like he was stabbed in the back, and it was great. <laughs> just like, oh, he just can't move. Uh, and then he keeps getting the better for a bit. They try to do the monkey flip again, but they kind of fucked it up, and Regal didn't land right. He, he still landed where it looked awkward, like it probably hurt, but he didn't land how he was supposed to. But 
at least they just didn't try to do it again. And it's like, well, we fucked that one up. Let's just do it again, which I think is a really bad habit a lot of people have now. <laughs> that, yeah. that is a that's a huge problem in modern wrestling. Like, don't go right back to your spot. Just move on. Uh, then Bulldog actually got the better of him for a while, and he put him in a, a really long, agonizing surfboard. <laughs> when he was done, like, Regal was, like, crippled up. It's like he could barely move. <laughs> uh, Regal took control back, and he s- starts working the midsection. This is this is when he starts turning up the heat. He starts stomping him in the bread basket, and he starts elbowing him, putting him in all these like holds. Like he puts him in like a, a cravat. Like what the hell did he do? He did like a weird reverse cravat. He does this thing where he like drops the knee in the midsection and like pulls on his head. Mm. I, I've never really seen anybody do that before. Um, then he did like, God, what did he do? He did like a half Nelson STF. I was like, shit, (laughs) it just looks like it'd be painful anyway. Mm -hmm. The somersault senton or whatever that he does. Yeah, They call it the regal roll, but Ventura points out that's a, that was Edward Carpentier's movie, a classic NWA champion from like the fifties. Uh, then this is where I got pissed off because this this bitch in the crowd, this fucking somebody doing a Tatanka impression, a, a, a Xena Warrior Princess battle cry over and over. And I'm like, I wish this bitch would just get ejected from the arena or something. It's it's legitimately like every like thirty seconds. I wish Cactus Jack like used her against Vader's head. Yeah, instead of like picking up like we'll, we'll get that spot later. That made me laugh out loud, but like. Uh, it was it was to the point that it, I think it was bothering the people in the crowd though because you can see in the front row because this person's like somewhere like hard camera where you see the the crowd in the front row there. There's people always looking off to the side like what the fuck. <laughs> so it's bothering them too. But uh, they start getting into the finish. The times uh, counting down. It's like uh, one minute remains. Uh, he shoots Regal off and clotheslines him, hits suplex, and then he starts to do the power slam. But Sir William gets on the apron and tries to stop him. But Regal accidentally kicks him off, and he's trying to wiggle out. Bulldog hits the power slam. Regal kicks out of it, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh shit! Fifty seconds left, and Bulldog's like, "Fuck it!" and he <laughs> puts him up for a power driver, which looked great. But the problem was he rolled over to cover him. And right when the dude counted three, the time was over, and it was like, well, it was it, the time ended right before my hand hit the mat. He lost. It was just draw. They were both looked good, in my opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, damn. See, this is why I love. That's why I love time limits. I wish they'd do time limits again. Yep, uh, time limits are great. And this is, and I felt like this finish. It didn't feel like they staged it or botched it. Like they got the time draw perfect. 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 Yeah. Um, you guys have any other thoughts about this match? This no. is my favorite match of the night. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely up there with me. Um, I really like that we got to see British Bulldog, like, instead of being like, bruv, I'm going to put you in a power slam and call it a night kind of thing. I'm cooking. Uh, yeah, I'm cooking. 
And like I I've, I've actually been down on Bulldog uh during the WCW run where I was like, ah, it's kinda of boring. He's like to me, like when he's do- doing the power shit, he kinda of reminds me of Braun Strowman. And I know that's like a bad like comparison because Braun Strowman's just like fuck you. Um but, but like when he when he gears up for that pack and that fucking power slam, I'm like, up, oh, it's a Braun Strowman one, two, three and go home kind of deal. And this what? one like uh uh regal's like nah bro i'm gonna put you in fucking holds (laughs) you're gonna feel the pain well i'll say this about that i mean that's when he's doing you know tv matches Mm -hmm. when he has like actual matches like in the main events like on the pay-per-views and stuff like the match he had with vader was cool uh because it's like oh this guy can match power with vader kind of uh and then the the tag match for sting at beach blast with Mm -hmm. him said was fucking great yeah, you're never gonna you're never gonna convince me that I'm not over on old Davy Boy right now. He he's cooking, <laughs> and all the Beach Blast stuff alone is what gets me because that's almost just so cringe. It was great. Oh, uh, yeah, same. I yeah, I I really liked the match. I mean, technically, I thought it was a sound match, and I think one of the key things, and this is me looking back on it, this is one of the matches that has a finish that is satisfying. But still, it doesn't doesn't end in a very clear way. Like, I mean, it is. It's a draw. But at the same time, it's like, well, that other person was going to win at the last second. But it's executed well. And it's not some fucky bullshit disqualification. Someone got involved. Finish. It just ends the way it does. Yep. So I, I actually really liked it for that reason. Because, I mean, every other match on the show doesn't end that way. Unfortunately. What do you rate it? I uh, I gave this one uh, a uh, seven and three quarters. Hmm. What'd you give it, Dubs? Uh, I'm giving it seven point five out of ten. I gave it a seven point one out of ten. Actually, mm-hmm. b- boosted it a little bit after us talking about it. Um. Let's see. We got General Uncle Eric Stonewall Jackson Bischoff. With uh, uh, lightning, uh, taser, Harley race. <laughs> no, he's got something in his hand. They won't say what it is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, these Vader's out there to spin the wheel. I thought it was really funny because when Vader went to spin the wheel, it's like he didn't realize he's so large that nobody can see where it's going to land. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like goddamn Thurman Merman grew up and turned into a professional wrestler. Fucking Harley Race's curly-ass hair. <laughs> I, I just imagine rough. I, so I, I just imagine Vader goes to his hotel rooms and he just fucking eats a stack of steakums for fucking dinner every night. <laughs> he's, he's officially sponsored by steakums. <laughs> Damn. Who's the meat? Steakums. <laughs> the it lands on. Texas death match. I'm like, cool. Dude, the, the, rules only pro- are, the rules in that fucking match is, uh, sorry, it's retarded. Like, it made me feel stupid. Well, wait till <laughs> we get to it. We'll talk We'll talk about that then. And and I will say this, because of how those rules play out, and they're so non, like, they're fucking convoluted, knowing that Texas death match is such an obvious, like, name or trope to give that, and that doesn't make any sense. I have a feeling that wheel was not rigged. I feel like that yeah. really was 
what because they also spun it out in front of the crowd, right? Like so that had, if they rigged it, it had to be rigged like right in the back where someone actively did it. And I don't feel like they were smart enough to do that. So I really think they just rolled with whatever they were going to get again. And they happened to get Texas Death Match. Thankfully, it wasn't Coal Miner's Glove or some or the Prince of Darkness match. I what really the fuck was that? that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was a Prince of Darkness match. Fucking vampire pops out of nowhere. Dracula eats whoever loses. <laughs> do, they, do they fight in a cathedral and there's like a green tube that has Satan in it? Is that like what it is? <laughs> <laughs> that's a deep, that's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. But uh, I will say this. The Texas death match itself is a cool match. The problem was they fucked up explaining the rules. And we just kind of had to figure out what it was as it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um. But we'll get there. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, Stone, we'll get there. We got Stone Steve Austin against Dustin Rhodes for the WCW. This uh, may be sad WCW because title. this is kind of like the de- start of, of the downfall of Stone Cold and WCW or uh, Stunning Steve Austin. I'm not because we know what we get. Also, how cool is this? Uh, that sign right at the beginning says Steve Austin is the wrestler of the 90s. Holy shit, that man up. That man probably made everyone eat shit, like, in 1998. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, who's your favorite wrestler? Stunning Steve Austin. Like, that fucking clown, why? He's like, dude, he's, like, the best you're going to see. He's going to be the biggest, most popular wrestler. You don't know. You have no, you, you're fucking stupid. And then look his, what happened. His hair, <laughs> must be, his hair must be gone, but I tell you what, he's going to drink a lot of beer and probably stomp mud holes. I tell you what. <laughs> he goes to the office in, like, 1999. And he's like, hey, look at this. Stone Cold is, is best wrestler of the year again. Look at the eat shit, Carl. I told you he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, wait, Hold on. Let's do a little bit lore with that guy. He's, okay. like, he's on the road, right? And there's no cell phones, right? Because cell phones are not that big. So he, he pulls up to the side of the road, fucking dials 1-800-COLLECT and fucking calls his friend. Doesn't even <laughs> like uh, tell him to accept. Uh, doesn't wait for the charges to be accepted. I told you, bitch called you would you accept the charges and click <laughs> <laughs> it's just the fucking gym we had a baby it's a boy <laughs> that's that commercial but hey carl suck, suck a dick steve austin's a man <laughs> man foley can still do that to people <laughs> uh, if only oh man there were people um, listening like what the fuck is a collect call <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're old that's how oh, I used shit. to tell my mom I made it to the park. <laughs> <laughs> I made it You're to the park. You're getting a collect call from mom. I made it to the park. Will you accept charges? <laughs> nope. All right. Um. So they set this up that apparently Colonel Parker got Austin this title match somehow. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so like that he's gonna get into his group. Uh, I was like, oh, this, well, this is probably gonna be good. Because both these guys are good, and mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Uh, mm, yeah, it's just what happens later. Uh, <laughs> like the action's good. Uh, Austin kind of has advantage at first. Uh, he's he thumbs him to the eye, McMahon, and start. And he, that was that was when he really got advantages. Like they're kind of going back and forth for a bit. Think um, about it. Uh, remember when I told you that, like, oh, this is like the downfall of him in WCW. This is Bo- the start. Both careers cross paths pretty much from this, where 
Dustin becomes not, you know, great anymore in uh, with the title. It, you know, eventually to the point where he, he deals with drugs and shit and becomes Gold Dust. And then you have Stone Cold that rises to becoming Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that, it's kind of weird a little bit. Yeah. Well, the thing that happens with Dustin, I think, is like the another booking regime change happens and he becomes less prominent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his dad's yeah. not there. It's funny, if you'd ask someone as this title match was being booked, who had the projection to have the better career, who was going to be like world champion first you or said any Dustin. of that, you would 100% said Dustin. No one would ever put any money on Steve Austin. It's not to slight him, like he was good. Um, but even in like the, the announcers were already asking, like, oh, where's where's Pillman? Like, it's weird to think that in, in comparison – in tag teams, if you were to compare Hollywood Blondes to the Rockers, Steve Austin probably comes out looking more like Janet. Yeah. Yeah. How crazy is that? But then, like, shit, you know, life happens and here we are. And I mean, Steve Austin is, it's really hard not to include him in the Mount Rushmore of like the most important wrestlers. Yeah. And at least in those era, if not ever. I mean, it, again, he, he effectively saved what wrestling would have been in the scope of the late 90s. Who knows what it would the Saudis would have bought it a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but Dustin starts working his leg a little bit, hitting him with close fist back. But this is when Austin takes control. He thumbs him in the eye, McMahon. <laughs> and then right after that, he kicks him in the fucking nards, and the ref doesn't even see it. It was great. <laughs> just, mm. just blatant, just wham! It's just like. <laughs> but uh, he starts dropping knees on him and. He tries to come back, but he can't. Dustin does, and then Austin body slams him. He's selling his knee, so he's selling his he's selling his injuries on offense, which I'm always going to give points to. Um, I like this this spot was cool. Like the, uh, Austin was trying to pull him to his feet, and then Dustin tried to do that thing where you know you use leverage, you kind of pull on the dude's trucks a little bit to throw him forward, and instead Austin kind of saw that coming. He did like the leapfrog thing in the corner, like you know when a guy's charging at you and you jump over him. Mm-hmm. But instead, he just dropped his knee on him when he landed. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that was kind of slick." Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't expect to see that. Of course, Austin does a lot of stuff you don't expect to see him do at this point in his career. Uh, you, you really, it really drives home like how much that neck injury fucked him up in terms of like the stuff he could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was a really big counter wrestler. It's weird, like seeing him do counter stuff. It's just odd. He was a lot faster back then too. Yeah, uh, yeah it makes sense. Then <laughs> I like th- this. Is, I really like this spot. I don't know. I- I've discovered one of my favorite things about wrestling is when people just start punching each other, and I don't mean like the bullshit where like people like to just stand there and hit each other and wait. Like, somebody's punching somebody else, but then the other guy fires up. Like, the baby face will fire up, and he'll just start throwing bombs at a guy. And then he'll just go, boom, boom, boom. Then he'll hit a big one, boom. And, like, yeah! and it's like, yeah, something about that just gets you. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I don't know. I never really thought about it before, but I started noticing it when, as I've been watching older wrestling. I'm like, damn, there's something so satisfying about see, seeing people do that. <laughs> well, one, Stone Cold does it really well. Yeah, and and two, he does it really well with the Rock. I mean, it, it, like if you watch when they have a a punch the one two, yeah, they do the, the one two. Th- this wasn't a one two, but it, it was like something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. when they do punches, um, they're getting punched 
nonstop. It's not like we're, you know, uh, Suzuki versus uh, fucking Yan Moxley. Uh, where, like, they'll punch, and then they'll look at each other, and they'll look at the crowd, and then they'll punch again. Like, no, that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> you hit me. Yeah. Okay, now I'll hit you. That's <laughs> <laughs> nah, Japanese wrestling. That's yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, he shoots him off, does a big clothesline, then Dustin's like, I'm going to do a bulldog. And then he goes to do it, and then Austin muscles him up, and he splits his nutsack in twain on the fucking turnbuckle. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens (laughs) uh but like he hits him a few times while he's up there and dustin gets tangled kind of hangs upside down and he starts putting the boots on him but then like the referee like has mercy and fucking uh, you know undoes him from being trapped like that and austin went to do like a stun gun or a spine buster i'm not sure what he was gonna do got blocked yeah, but the dust has just started going like, <laughs> like on his head. <laughs> he just collapsed. And uh, they tried to do, they did like a pinning combo exchange, and neither of them could like get, get a three. And then uh, I think Dustin just hits him right hand once, and Austin just flops and rolls out of the ring. Uh, then they run around for a bit, get back in the ring. And I think Austin dropped him. He like he like did like a takedown and put his feet on the rope and got three. But then the referee like saw at the split second when he counted three, like oh shit, he he cheated. And then was like, no no, he cheated. Don't count that. And then Austin thinks he won. He's like getting up like yeah, I did it. Yeah, give me the title. I didn't, like, I didn't like the ending because one yeah, you could say that he caught him doing you know doing it. But when you look at it live. Ref didn't catch it, in my opinion. No, he, def- he definitely work. does three and then looks up. So he, it's it it sells that it wasn't real, like it's scripted. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, while he's distracted, thinking that he won, uh, which I sometimes people don't execute this right. I'm not going to blame Austin for it. This is more problem of like production and shit, in my opinion. Like people that come up with this, Booker or whatever. It's like. The thing where the heel thinks he won, and you don't hear you don't hear a bell, you don't hear music. It's like you didn't win. The announcer's not saying you won. Like, why are you still acting like you won? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that ha- that happens a lot. But uh, to be fair, again, he, he hit that three, and then did, yeah. then that that's when the rep was like, "Oh, I fucked it up." You kind of did like an Earl Hebner where you count too quick and then you find out, like, oh, shit, I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that brings me to a story. There was a story uh, I found it out because Kurt Angle was on a podcast. I forgot where it was. But Kurt Angle was facing The Rock uh, and Earl Hebner uh, forgot that Rock did a rock bottom before. So he thought it was the the first rock bottom and that's why he didn't count to three. Because if you look at it, he's like one, two, and then he stops. And both Rock and Kurt Angle look at Earl Hebner like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then he had the, the Rock had to fucking do another rock bottom. And then he 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 told Earl Hebner, you better get this fucking right, you pansy or whatever. And then he did the count. So, like, that's what ruined the it. It took me out of the immersion, kind of like how, you know, AEW with the ballet and all that stuff where I'm just like, you know, this is out of my immersion. I'm, I don't feel like this is a fight. 
when he yeah. fucked when he fucked up that count, I was like, that was stupid. Because I wrote in my paper, I was like, oh, Austin won, cool. Like that's that's new. And then and then no, they started and then that crappy ending. So I'm actually giving this a six point one out of ten. Real real quick, the the ending was. Well, he's celebrating his win that he didn't really win, but it looked like he won. <laughs> yeah. Dustin just rolls him up from behind and gets three. And then Austin's pissed because dude, I feel like he has a right to be pissed a little bit. He mm-hmm. grabs the U.S. title and fucking hits Dustin in the head with it, and he, he gets some color, brother. And then he leaves the title anyway. He's yes. Like, Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, he does do something uh, in the crowd. The crowd starts booing, and it's hard to tell. Like, they're probably booing because he's leaving with the title. Because uh, they were happy overall that Dustin won, uh, even though it was a shit finish. Um, but someone yells out something at, at Steve Austin, and they're like, "Got a, uh, the camera up close to his face," and he goes, "If you don't like that, you can come down here, you fat son of a bitch." leaves <laughs> 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 the title. I thought that was pretty funny, but uh, I agree. I, I wasn't a fan of this finish. Like that's what's weird about this. None of the finishes are exactly the same. They're just different flavors of shit. They're just different flavors of like it's like different flavors of chocolate. It's just, that's what it's kind of like. It's like we're getting the seven shades of shit in wrestling finishes. So I, I wasn't a fan either. It's not, but, but shit's brown, so it's chocolate. I listen. You get where I'm going with it. It's so. kind. No, it, it's it's kind of. It's kind of like when you brush your teeth and then you go have orange juice. Like terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I gave this uh, a six and a quarter because I actually thought the match was pretty good, but then like the finish just sucked, sucked the wind out of it. I gave what it did you end six, up giving it? I gave it a six point five out of ten. Yeah. Uh, that's because I, I just like Dustin Austin a lot. Mostly they did I, everything they did up to the finish was was really good. I thought so. Is what it is. Uh, uh, what what were you gonna say? No, I'm just trying to see. Oh, they they, they plugged the the Battle Bowl. Yeah, apparently Battle Bowl is a, its own pay per view now. I didn't know this. I didn't know Battle Bowl was part a thing in Starcade uh, back then. Uh, so that's I feel like they just came up with that. Well, this should just be its own pay per view to run opposition against Survivor Series mm-hmm. kind of thing. So but, they um, had a gap, and they're like, "We can do more programming." Let's, yeah, let's do Battle Bowl. Yeah. Uh, but, well, that's one thing. Like Tony Khan does really well, in my opinion, is he does those events that WCW do. Remember, like when we always do Starcade, like it's not a pay per view; it's like one of those special events and stuff. So, I dig it. Sometimes it's special. Sometimes it's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Like the, it's weird. It's like they'll they'll just be like, "This is the Miami Vice Dynamite." It's like what? And <laughs> it's, they just call it something and act like it's special, but it's, or, it's not. Yeah, you mean like Blood <laughs> of the Dragon in Charleston, West Virginia? Yeah, like that. Ours. It's like, well, it's just Game of Thrones. And then it was like, they had nothing out of the ordinary really happened there. <laughs> the only time yeah. it was cool is when they did Winter Is Coming and Sting came out. Like that was yeah. Cool. That was that was pretty cool. So apparently, Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the WCW Magazine 1992 Rookie of the Year, won <laughs> the WCW Tag Title from the Nasty Boys on the previous night's Saturday Night Show. And it was like, well, hot damn, those boys finally did it. 
This this match pissed me off because I was like, "Oh, me too." I was like, "Wait a second, they won the belt." No, hey, hey, hang on, it happens again. It's like the same thing happened. It's like I I was like, "Oh, I don't know if this match will be that good," but then they 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 showed me they made it really entertaining and it was fun. And then the ending happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's 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 fair. We get we get them out there and they go. And you get, I love that music. That intro music uh, is just like nineties. Like, talking about the Nasty Boys? No, no. I mean they're they're just fine. It's everybody whatever. dance now. Yeah, it, it's like everybody that. dance now. But it's like, oh, here comes the whole scope of you. And then By people the start going, whoop! There it is because it's <laughs> just what you do. <laughs> it's so fucking good. Like, <laughs> fucking holla, holla, holla! Teddy Long was there with them. Theodore uh, R. Long was, yeah, was with the champs. And I was like, you know, MAB and Too Cold are official plays now that Teddy Long is with them, holla. <laughs> yeah. Well, did I you know they fucking listen to rap music and fucking go with my fucking inline skates? It's not even shit. Fucking play LA, Genesis. Yeah, LA, play LA gear, light up shoes and shit. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, this is radical, guys. Just getting out there. So, like, did you notice was... they fucked up on the the, the name title? Um, when they were introducing Marcus Alexander Bagwell, you know, Rookie of the Year 1992, um, fucking, they put up two cold Scorpios, uh, a fucking name tag with Teddy Long and just didn't put Matt Marcus Alexander Bagwell. <laughs> no, I, I didn't catch it. I was thinking I was writing notes when they were coming out. You're like, it's two cold Scorpio twice. Like, it was on Marcus and then also two cold. Well, they let you know that two cold Scorpio is the team. Yes. No, more. You know, Bagwell's becoming better. Yes, like, I've no. I've noticed like since we first started watching, seeing him when, when we started this whole thing, he was just kind of like okay. Like you could tell he was still pretty green, but he wasn't bad. I wish he kept his body because when he became you know, buffed the stuff and all that stuff, uh, Jeff Bagwell. You know, in WCW, where he looks like he's a fucking, like, his muscles are blown up. Yeah. He was I on just, the gas, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he looks good here, and he's still pretty young. And it's like, he got a good reaction from the women in the fucking crowd here. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is worth noting. Uh, also, they get bonus points for wearing Halloween gear, I'm just going to say. They wore Halloween colors. It was pretty sweet. What do uh, you think of, like... Nasty woman, Missy Hyatt. Like I, I didn't like it. She went too far in the other direction. I was like, "Oh, you cut hair. your hair, and you, you look yeah. weird." I mean, your tits are hanging out, but you look weird. Yeah, got Karen the, haircut. Got the Madonna yeah. bra with fucking the yeah. so- soccer mom lesbian hair. Yeah, she went Dreamcast. She's ahead of her time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so. This is how it starts. Bebop and Rocksteady grab the tag titles and hold them over their hands. <laughs> and the, the boys don't appreciate that and attack them from behind and they take them back. And then a whoop there is starts. I'm like, oh. this this match is starting to just get off the rails immediately. And then Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the 1992 Rookie of the Year for WCW Magazine, sexually assaults <laughs> Missy Hyatt. <laughs> just like gives her a kiss without consent. And then there's another whoop there it is chant. <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, this is crazy. Well, yeah, the match hasn't even started. They're just like all into it. It's great. 
And then, like, Bebop starts things off with after all the shenanigans is over. Bebop is, is uh, Sags, and Rocksteady is uh, the other one. Uh, I, I forgot his name, but I, that's why I call them Bebop and Rocksteady, because it's easier for me to remember them rather than their other names. <laughs> uh, yeah. He just starts punching Mab, and he tags Rocksteady in, and he drops the knee, and then they go back and forth a bit, and Two Cold comes in fights them off and they're out there yelling at fans and then two Colt gets a boost from Marcus and he dives on him outside and orders restored, which that was a cool little spot. They were doing Hardy boy shit for Hardy boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus and two Colt are doing like quick tags and double team moves. I'm like, these guys have really kind of gelled as a team now yeah. through the course of the year. Like what we're seeing now. Like, that's cool. It's like, holy shit, we're seeing like actual progress. I mean, two coals just good anyway, right now. But the, the cool thing is, like, you see Bagwell, who, like, I don't know, never really had like a good reputation as a wrestler, I think, for like a lot of fans. But it's like, he's pretty solid now, I think. Uh, he holds up his end. He's, he's good at getting his, his ass kicked, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, they do the, this is where they take over. Bebop and Rocksteady hot shot Marcus over the fucking rope and he f- flies out of the ring. It looked pretty nasty. Yeah. And this is where shit got real. This is where the bean kicked in. Bebop tagged Rocksteady. Rocksteady holds Marcus. And then Missy Hyatt slaps the ever loving piss out of him. It's like loud as hell. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then. Like he was so like Bagwell was pissed and he was like crawling after her like you bitch like he wants to get revenge for getting slapped, but then Rocksteady just suplexes him and that's when Marcus exclaims "Oh my god" and he's like writhing on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was like great sell, and then fucking Xena Warrior Princess lets us know that she's still out there somewhere. <laughs> Bebop. Is beating him up, hits body slam, leg drop, rock steady. They're getting heat on Bagwell, and they even illegally switch places in this match, which is something you don't really see tag teams do anymore. Where they they trick the referee and like, oh, we switched, and then they just for some reason the ref will just like believe that the heel switched and he didn't see it. <laughs> uh two colds getting pissed, but if I was them, I'd be careful not to piss him off too much based off of the. Collision in Korea episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't want to piss. He'll go full street on you. I don't. I don't think you want to piss him off that bad. <laughs> he is have to stab you. What you're saying? <laughs> I was. I took those metal chopsticks and I was fixing to make a shake. <laughs> I'm saying the window and I'm making him shift. Like, okay. Like you want to kill on the road warriors? He's too. like, if I saw his ass again, I was gonna kill this motherfucker. <laughs> Prison um, rules. <laughs> you know, Dom, Mark, Dominic Mysterio knows all about that. He know prison changes. We, we didn't talk about that. Dominic Mysterio <laughs> was prison and became fucking prison Mike. Fucking went full cholo. <laughs> God damn. Honestly, like this whole weird heel turn thing is kind of like changed his fortunes a little bit. Like he's he's kind of like getting over doing this stuff. Aside from aside from Bloodline stuff. It is my favorite thing going on in any WWE programming right now. This is like Eddie and China all over again, except except Rhea Ripley is way better than China. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dominic's not as good as Eddie. Yeah. Oh no. He, yeah. Maybe, he's, maybe, he's I don't even know if he'll ever get as good as him, but you know what I'm saying. It's may, maybe he'll get better over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's getting better right now, I think. Well, I love people posting those pictures. They'll have a picture of him, and they'll be like, "All right, who is this?" Wrong answers only, and everybody goes to Prison Mike uh, from the uh, the office, which is funny. But I always think of uh, the what is it, Twenty Two Jump Street, <laughs> which uh, Channing Tatum or whatever is like, "My name Jeff." Yeah. <laughs> I just want Dominic to just show up every time there's a holiday and stuff. I like, hope that's still like an ongoing thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shows up for Valentine's Day, pops out of a fucking cake, taxes dad. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, I went to prison because of you. <laughs> he has to get revenge for me for getting arrested. Yeah. Uh, Marcus manages to tag too cold, and Xena approves of this, but the referee didn't see the tag. <laughs> So too cold had to go back to the apron. It's like, damn, you know, that's the other thing you don't really see too, is like when the, the baby face finally tags and the ref doesn't mm-hmm. see it. And he's like, no, you, you didn't, I didn't see it. And you just get, you get mad. You're like, damn it. He's going to say just, me. just after getting tricked about the heels, the heels yeah, that, just tricked him. That was smart. That's, that's yeah. a smart thing. Yeah. Uh, and then Rocksteady tries to do an avalanche to Marcus, but he misses. And then he just does throws a wild clothesline at Bebop and drops him. <laughs> and then he has to like literally worm his way back over to the corner. Like he, he's doing like a worm thing. <laughs> and he tags too cold. Then too cold just starts doing his shit. He starts throwing out crescent kicks and drop kicks and shit. Those and kicks then, look good as shit. Both of both of the kicks, the crescent kicks he hits. They were crispy. Good as hell. Like, they were. They were extra crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Everything breaks down at this point, and it gets crazy again. And Missy gets on the apron, but then Teddy Long gets up there and tries to stop her, but, but then Bebop comes over and says, fuck you, and pushes him off the apron. Yeah, then, talking, about, talking about sexual assault, I thought Teddy was going like, to grab her tits. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were fairly prominent. I mean, so, but... I'm not saying she was like, you know, at, you know, she was looking for it kind of thing, but hey, they're, they're there. <laughs> but Marcus grabs Bebop and Missy by the hair and does the meeting of the minds spot where you make the, the guys headbutt each other. But uh, it was like, whoa. And then Too Cold hits 450 on Rocksteady and almost wins. But Bebop took his boot off and recovered and just slammed it into the back of his head. <laughs> and while he was trying to corral the 1992 rookie of the year after attacking a girl again. <laughs> Rocks, Rocksteady manages to pin the comatose Scorpio for three and they get the titles back. And I was like, Oh, well, it's important to note within that, that the 450 and recovery stuff happens while the meeting in the mind stuff happens. The yeah. ref is really distraught he's, that, yeah. that Marcus would attack a woman and he's like, yeah, yeah it's okay, though, because they hit each other. <laughs> yeah, like, he was trying to, to sell, like, no, they, they hit each other. I had nothing yeah. to do with that. <laughs> but inadvertently, he is distracting the ref from the finish. So, like, it's funny. This finish is the one, objectively, of all, like, the weird distraction or whatever finishes. At least to me, it was the least painful, but the diminishing returns, because it's already happened, and it's going to continue to happen. It's just like, eh, okay, this kind of sucks. Um, so it really flattens the whole thing out. Plus, like, 
these guys are hot and over. You don't need to take the titles off. Also, what was the point of putting the titles on to begin with if you were going to take them off within a week? I mean, like, no, it was the next day. They gave it to him on, on Saturday, and they lost them on Sunday. Oh, that's Sunday. right. That's right. So they lost them in a day. Yeah, you're right. I was confused about that because they said that earlier that they won in the night before, but then whenever you get to one of the uh, sh- uh, the, the shows or whatever, they say last week. So that it was, I was confused. There are two different timelines, and it's because <laughs> they probably taped it the week before, and someone said to them that they were trying to push it off like, hey, this happened last night. So either way, whether it was a day or a week, whichever, uh, there was no point in changing it if you were going to just like do this again. So like that, that to me got under my my skin a little bit. Maybe I'm working myself into a shoot. I'm also just not a nasty voice fan, but eh, like it was, yeah, good. It it was entertaining. Um, It was. I, I I'm with you. Like these guys are hot. Like obviously the fans love them. Why take it off the Nasty Boys? Probably on a show that no one gives a shit about, just so that they could lose on a, you know, prominent show that they had at the time, which was WCW, you know, Halloween Havoc. And it's just like I don't get it. I and I'm right there with you. I don't like the Nasty Boys. Uh, I gave him praise last time because of Missy Hyatt, and now she's ugly as, as she looks right now. So that 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 get points a little bit down. She's not ugly, but the yeah, look just not, not, yeah. the look just is off. But I, I agree with you. And it, what's weirder too is think about how the Nasty Boys originally got the titles. They got them from Roma and Anderson because clearly they realized that Roma was a failed project. Even though they were trying to push it down people's throats, it wasn't going to work. So mm-hmm. they got the Nasty Boys in there, took the titles off of them. And I'll give them credit. The Nasty Boys are a good heel tag team. They're good at getting heat, and they're good at getting people to hate them. They're a good team that you want to watch get the shit kicked out of them. Like, that's that's good. So, like, on paper, it all fits there. It's just, you have this tag team that is, like, hot as shit. Like, Too Cold Scorpio is one of your aces in the ring at the moment. Like, just let them have the titles. Just let, it's like, a, you... It's a it, great uh, tag team. You got... You got Marcus, who all the women love, and then you got Too Cold, who bounces it out because you know how guys are like fuck that guy, he's too pretty, and then but Too Cold is cool and everybody loves Too Cold, so it balances it out. It's perfect. It does. And well, like you said before, the one thing that Marcus does best is he looks pretty. No one wants to see him get beat up. He sails getting his ass kicked really well, and that hot tag with Too Cold is just fire. Yeah. He gets in like, there and he starts doing his shit. It's, yeah. <laughs> you've got a winning formula. It just, I think it sticks more to overall what they think of their tag team division right now, which is not very much. Yeah. Um, I mean, same thing with this. They screwed over Pillman and, and Austin earlier. And again, it was a whole Roma thing, which I'm sure there's a bunch of politics and shit that led to that and it failed. So um, it just sucks. But yeah, I what did you guys end up giving this one? I give, I give it a I give it a five point five out of ten. I thought Ooh. it was it was entertaining, uh, but I don't understand the finish at all. So. Okay, what about you? Seth? I gave it a six point uh, four, and like I was like I was really entertained by it. I thought the in ring action was like solid, like. 
I'm like you guys, like I'm not really a fan of the Nasty Boys, but I don't really hate them either. The the weird thing about them is depending on who they get in the ring with, they can have like a solid match. Uh it's like the Hart Foundation had a really good match with them in, in WWF when they were there that one time. And I'm sure they probably had a couple others with different teams there. Well, comparing this to the other match we watched, which was the Roma Anderson, the one big thing here, the timing of this match was like, I think a lot better. Like this match yeah. didn't overwhelm, uh, overstay its welcome. And you also, the people that are in there actually know what they're doing. They had the fucking Paul Roma vacuum of death in there for 30 fucking minutes. Like that match was way too long. They had the Hoover uh, vacuum of fucking wrestling and he yeah. had a checked out Arn Anderson who didn't fucking care. He didn't give a shit. Hmm. He's like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm going to do cocaine in the bathroom after this is over with. I'm done. <laughs> that was totally to just, up Eric Watts. <laughs> yeah, I checked the fuck out. I'm done. I want to eat my fucking T-bone steak and get out of here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I gave it a six and a half. I, I 6.5. I, I'm... I really thought the match itself was really good. The finish just ugh, stunk. And yeah. now, we, now we've actually hit a theme. The crowd is starting to get a little more hostile. Like, as these funky finishes are happening, they are starting to not boo just for, like, oh, uh, the person I wanted to win didn't win. They're now starting to, like, get, get some real hate behind it. Like, they're really booing, like, well, this is stupid. Um, yeah, they're getting mad. It, yeah. You know, Pay attention unfor- to that. Unfor- yeah. And, I'll say it right now. Unfortunately, this is kind of a bit of a hallmark of dusty booking. Uh, sometimes he goes to the well too hard on those fucky finishes. It, it's a, that's like a criticism against his booking. Uh, uh, he had a really good run at one point, And then after a while, I don't know what happens, but he, he, he like goes to the well for those fucking really odd, oddball fucking screw job finishes. Yeah, it's fine, baby. It protect both of them. And, and in the end, we'll, we'll have somebody win the blow off match and, and you get the hero and everybody be happy. That was like Cleveland yeah. was doing a Dusty Rhodes impression. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that was. I thought it was more like Bobby Boucher, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't have the lisp to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> Cleveland. I'll, I'll Peter. I'll Peter, Peter, I told you. No, 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 no. <laughs> General Uncle Eric Stonewall Bischoff is with Colonel Parker and Sid Vicious, and this was one of my favorite parts of the show because Sid – did one of his rare awesome promos because like Sid promos are a crapshoot. It's literally like rolling dice because sometimes yeah. I don't think he knows what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it'll, it won't make sense. It'll be like that time in that in your house where Sid started to do a promo and then he fucked up and he said, can I start over? And then JR was like, we're live brother. We can't he start was- over. Or, or like the Goldberg thing where he destroyed his car and he was like, Goldberg! That's not really a promo, but still. <laughs> what happened? Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> did, did you see Uncle Eric get scared a little bit when like think, uh, 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 fucking Psycho Sid went into his like, yelling? Would you? Port? I mean, Sid's a fucking giant on roids and he's getting angry. <laughs> so... <laughs> He'll kill you. Sid starts off slow and quiet, and he's talking about how Sting needs to wake up from his nightmare and face reality. He's not even calling him Sting. He's calling him Steve. Steve. 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's called going, him by his real name. He's yeah, shooting he's going me. to his real name. He's shooting him. Yeah, he keeps saying Steve. And I was like, shit, he's going to fucking kill him for real. <laughs> he's like, some people call me Psycho Sip, but tonight you'll know me as the master and ruler of the world. He starts freaking out. And he's like, I'm going to pick you up seven feet in the air and drive your skull into the mat. And in the blink of an eye, I will take your soul. I'm like, shit. And rule the world. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> All right, just real quick, since we're doing a segue, I know you guys didn't watch it. Dynamite yesterday, there was a like, there were a bunch of like real spots where they did promo things, and Jake Hager, they keep making fun of him wearing that hat. And he's yeah. like to the point he goes, "I like this hat," but he confronts he and Ricky Starks are like talking to each other and have like a promo battle, and he tells him he's gonna rip his face off of his face. I don't. He know pauses that... and said it, and I was like, "Isn't that from something?" And I still don't know if it was like a good thing to say or funny or like in the in the realm of like how Psycho said obviously he would say oh go ahead I was gonna say sometimes he would say shit like that like I can't come up with one off the top of my head but it sounds like a Sidism yeah yeah it it vaguely reminded me of that and hearing it but I still can't tell if I liked it or not or if he like fucked up because he he looks like he was supposed to say that like he 100% meant to say I'm gonna rip your he goes I'm gonna rip your face off your face like he pauses and says it that way and then and then they like rip off of that or whatever yeah Ricky Starks is like Oh, that was just stupid. Then he just yeah, he's like, you big, just... you big stupid idiot with your lisp, your fucking speech impediment, which he, I thought was a weird he, thing to play off of. But I mean, he's basically calling him a hard R without calling him one. It's yeah, like, he's, he's roasted he's, the fuck out of him. He, with that he, he did. He was like, your purple helmet wearing retard. <laughs> 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 he did. He basically said that. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. He, he said he's, he's wearing a fucking purple helmet, you big fucking oaf with your lisp. He, he called out the, the fucking speech uh, issue, which immediately he jumps in and starts saying a bunch of words with S's. So he's imme- he sounds like fucking Mike Tyson. Yeah, but he talks in this episode. I'm like, shit, shut up. Stop talking, Jake. I like this hat. Anyway, we'll, we'll come back to it. Yeah, that, that promo was awesome. The Sid promo was great. I got all hyped up. And yeah. Then, but it's funny, too, because I'm seeing that, and I'm like, well, shit, we're going to see Sid. I'm about to watch Sting. I'm a stanger. Sting. And then oh, it's, it's Sid Vicious with Colonel Robert Parker versus Sting. And then, man, there's a stanger in the front row who's fucking psyched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that dude, he had the face paint and everything, and he's like, Sting is the man! <laughs> he's like, Sting. Like, he's got yeah. the hair. He, he legit looks like Sting, yeah. Uh, the, the, the biggest crime was that Sting did not interact with that guy. Yeah. He should have interacted with him, man, like at some point. Maybe he just didn't see him. I, well, I wonder how far back that guy was, because I don't think he was like right front row. He was like, like he was in kind of in the corner of yeah. hard camera, like on the right. Yeah. So uh, I, I wondered the same thing. They caught him on camera, but he didn't realize that he like went off like that. <laughs> the guy was cooking. That guy was cooking for sure. He was he was cooking. Uh, Sid, wait, wait, oh, what are you gonna say, Dubs? I was gonna say he's sniffing the booger sugar, probably too. <laughs> he might have been. <laughs> you never know. It's New Orleans. Uh, Sid waylays Sting as he's like you know getting the stingers pumped and. It does not take long for things for Sting to turn things around. He just he just body slams him out of nowhere and clotheslines him, and then he sends Sid out of the ring and he throws him over the fucking railing. And Sid does this crazy flip over the railing. I didn't think he could do. 
because hmm. he's just like almost seven feet tall and so fucking big. I know what's really weird about Sid is, is like he moves around a little better than what you think he could for, for a guy that size to have that much muscle on him. Um, but then they, they fight out in the crowd. This is a lot longer than the really brief time with steamboat. Uh, and Sid, it's like, he's punching Sid and then Sid just walks away. And he's like, fuck, like he's shaking his head and he's, he's walking in a daze. So at least they're not doing that thing. I hate, where people just like go and fight in a crowd and grab the guy's head and just kind of like, we're going over here and they walk for like, I don't know, a hundred paces. <laughs> and that guy can't like recover and break out of that. Ooh. Oh, I'm groggy. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that's a lot better in my opinion. But uh, then uh, he fights it all the way back to the ring. And then, uh, Sid gets in there, and I think Sting goes for something, and Par- Parker grabs his foot, stops him, and he's like, hey. And then Sid grabs him, and he chokeslams him and drives his skull in the mat and took his soul, just like he said he would. He, did. <laughs> he, 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 he took Sting's soul. Because he was, like, dead for, like, I don't know, a minute after that. <laughs> <laughs> but... uh Sid's just getting heat, yelling at the crowd and shit. He's beating Sting down, and Parker's like choking Sting with his handkerchief, and it's kind of funny because he'll like take his hat off, and he's all sweaty and shit, legitimately. And he's like, "Oh, oh!" Now he's using to choke people. The vapors! Oh my god! Uh, I want to come back to something. So whenever he hits that choke slam, uh, Sid does something, and it's only because what happens like eight years later that it made me cringe. But he gets up on that, that second uh, turnbuckle, and for just a brief <laughs> second, I was like, no, he's not going to jump off of that. And then I, I, it's the obvious thing everybody thinks about, right? The sin pay-per-view or whatever. When he, like, he broke his leg. And he, sh- he just shatters it. And he's like, oh, God, don't ever do that again. But he got up there, and I thought he was going to jump off. And I'm like, dear God, I don't want to see this because I'm just going to think about what you do eight years later. But he, like, he just gets up there to taunt and stuff. But for the briefest moment, I was like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. I don't know oh, if anybody else felt that way. I saw it. It's every time I see him get near a turnbuckle, I'm like, don't climb on it. Don't do it. I, I didn't really think about it because I know at that point in time, Sid is purely an on-the-ground wrestler guy. Mm-hmm. And he should be at that size. I mean, if you can fly yeah. like your Undertaker or some shit and you can do that, because they're roughly the same size, more power to him. But Sid's clearly a guy who knows his comfort zone and what he can do. and they tried mm-hmm. to make him do something he wasn't comfortable with, and look what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Uh, Laffy Taffy leg. <laughs> God. Uh, Sid uh, eventually grabs a chair and hits Sting in the back with it while Parker's like distracting the referee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a chair shot. It's like with those weird padded chairs that suck, though. Uh, Sting tries to rally and he hits a bunch of backhands and everybody starts going ape shit, but then Sid just power slams him. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. Just, fuck that. Nope. And then he clamps on the bear hug. And this is where things start turning around. He bear hugs him for a bit and then Sting comes back. He just starts, <laughs> he takes him down and he just slams his head into the mat like over and over and over. And I'm like, yeah, there it is. And then he does the clothesline. He does the stinger splashes. Then they, they like kind of lock up near the ropes. This is where things get weird. And like Parker's like trying to grab somebody's leg and he grabs both their legs. And then he like kind of like looks away, grabs Sid's leg. 
and then it causes Sid to fall, and then Sting pins him, but Sid still kicks out. And he sits up and is like, what the hell? He's like looking at Parker, and he's like poking him, like, what are you doing? And he realizes he's holding his leg. And he's yeah. like, oh, oh no. <laughs> you know? And then I think, like, Sid gets up, and... Oh, he's pulling it. He's yeah, he's pulling his pulling him up by his hair on the apron. Like he's yeah, gonna he gets do it. something. Yeah, and then a uh, sting roll set up for three. <laughs> yeah, and jumps to the fuck out of the ring because he's like, I just stole that, and this man will kill me. Yeah, so I'm glad he did that. It was a great sell to be like, okay, Sid is crazy. I love then, how Colonel Parker gets in the ring and he tried to explain that they were tw- twirling on the ropes, and I didn't know who was who, and I thought I grabbed Sting and and did the thing. Yeah. And and I guess this is showing that eventually Colonel Parker is going to be going to stunning Steve Austin, and I guess Sid is going to be on his own. I'm guessing. Sid doesn't need a manager with promos like that. Fuck. Nope. Mm. He, he just proved why he doesn't need anybody to talk for him. He doesn't need a <laughs> boss hog. After he'll either over. he'll either crash and burn gloriously, or he'll just pull out a banger out of nowhere. <laughs> um. I kind of wanted Sid to, to end it there, though. I was like, man, if he just choke slammed him, that that that'd be the icing on the cake or some shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that was okay. I thought, you know, Sid had an out. Sting didn't definitively beat him, and a babyface won. You know, so the heel kind of got screwed over. So I think that that made people happy. It was Sting. Yeah, Sting, Sting won. Yeah. Sting. Sting. I gave it a six out of ten. Oh, I, I was—I gave it a little bit higher. I gave it a six point five out of ten. Yep, I like six, right where I'm at. Yeah, six I, and the, half. the reason why is because of these fuckery finishes, where I'm just like, even though this one, I, I think in my opinion, this one uh, didn't smell too much of shit because, like, they did the whole "I didn't know it was you," but then like roll up kind of thing. <laughs> And it, like it, it, it's leading to I guess you know Sid being on his own. So I, I gave it a pass on that a little bit, but still we're getting matches where it's not clean and it's pissing mm-hmm. me off. Like I, yeah. I'm to the point where I'm just like, oh man, I hope the next match is not like that either. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just did the roll up spot, like the distracted roll up spot, literally two matches ago, versus mm-hmm. like a you know being something weird. So yeah. You know, I'll bump that up to 6.2. Uh, just because, again, talking about this stuff as we're going over, it kind of makes me rethink it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, there, there wasn't anything wrong with his match. It's just that, to me, it was like, I kind of feel like they were holding back, too. Because I know, like, based on the tag matches and stuff they've had, and, and some of the stuff Sid's done on his own, I was like, I know they could do more, but I feel like they're not on purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things where it's like, no, you know, your position on the card, your job is not to have the best match you can is to have this specific match right now mm-hmm. kind of thing, uh, which leads into the next one, which is, I think, a, a victim of this of this, unfortunately. Well, <laughs> before you get into it, just a quick side note. I miss when wrestlers used to work out while the camera was just watching them because they did like a thing where uh uh, Vader's working in the back, and then it gets to Cactus Jack and shit, and he's like, he's praying to all. Of- oh yeah, yeah. yeah Cactus can't... Jack is sitting there, like fucking praying and rubbing a. It looks like he's holding something, right? A bag. 
Yeah, he's he's got something weird. And then meanwhile, Vader's punching on Thurman's fucking hands. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Yes. Uh, you can't hurt Cactus Jack. And he just starts like saying that like loud. And then that's when Jesse's like, "I guess you can't hurt him." <laughs> I feel like Harley Race is like an alternate universe version of Thurman Merman. It's like like that life that he lived growing up is what shaped him into being Harley race. This grizzled fucking, I smoke three cig- packs of cigarettes a day. I drink a fifth of Jack Daniels. I pick up midgets in my car going through the towns and we fucking hang out. I don't think it's alternate, <laughs> think it's alternate universe. I think it's just Thurman Merman. That's it's fucking, he's wearing the shirt and says shit happens when you party naked. That's it. I feel like that's he probably Harley wore race. a war shirt like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's just Harley Race. And in Hulk, and Hulk Hogan's lying head that I point the gun at him and set the fire on, uh, set the ring on fire. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. And he thanked him for all everything he ever did for wrestling, and asked him for a job. By the way, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, I was gonna be the bassist for Metallica, but I was busy. I was I was very busy. I was busy <laughs> with other things. Um." Okay, so I gave the the bonus points to uh, Too Cold and Marcus for their Halloween apparel, but Rick Rude won. Oh, yeah. Rick Rude's cost outfit was the best. <laughs> to the point where Bruce Buffer's like, in the Halloween trunks. <laughs> How else could he have fucking described it? There was so much going on. Those those tights told a story. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know how like in boxing matches uh, – you're watching like a like a pay per view boxing match. They'll like have the name up briefly, and they'll say what color trunks they're wearing. If, mm-hmm. if that would have come up, Rick Rude's would have said Halloween. Yeah, I mean that's all they <laughs> use, right? He's like, well, he's looking at him. He's like, well, there's orange, there's black, there's there's white, there's there's Ric Flair with a black Rick guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I had stopped taking really intensive notes here because uh, I was starting to run low on time, but I also wanted to really pay close attention to this match. And then it didn't end up the way that I thought it would. (laughs) Uh, I thought it was just okay. Um, Yeah. It's not as good as their last matchup. Uh, it, It felt like Ric Flair was off. I don't know why. I don't think Flair was off. I felt like they were both kind of holding back because they, had to kind of thing because they have no uh, third match brother yeah because the next match is the real main event brother mm-hmm. so you can't get too crazy uh there's just like a lot of tra- trade blows back and forth between them and selling and flair took a few crazy bumps and they he tried some high-flying shit sometimes he succeeded sometimes he failed <laughs> he did a flare sell did you notice that where yeah. he, just, he stood there and then he dropped. Well, that was like, I think Rude threw his head in the barricade or some shit on the outside, the railing. And then he was like, ah! And he like recoiled, just flopped forward. <laughs> it was like a really fast one. I was like, that one got me because I just didn't expect it. <laughs> there was Down no buildup. It, it just happened. <laughs> uh, there was... Uh, like, Rude was mostly trying to grind Flair down and was putting him in holds and getting heat and shit. Uh, Flair hit a rude awakening. That was cool. Yes. Uh, and I forgot about this too. Flair managed to put rude in the figure four really early in the match. And it was for like a really long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Right at the start. Yeah. 
it kind of like that kind of set the pace for the match because it was like it because Rude's an actual heel that will sell, and it fucked him up, and it, it, he didn't really get over it the whole match. Really, he did an excellent job of selling his like limping throughout the match. The rest of the, the or for the most part, the rest of the match, um, he did a couple of like high spots in the match, mm-hmm. uh, like the axe handle type of thing. He did a couple of those and stuff, which yeah. I thought was kind of weird. Like he'd go back to selling, so it's fine. But that, sometimes there was. Tweak his knee once in a mm-hmm. while. Uh, he yeah. managed to do the hip swivel without selling. That's how you know he's not too fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes he'll be like, "Yeah," then he'll be like, "Oh,", oh. <laughs> he can't do it. <laughs> but uh, the f- uh, there's not much else I can say because, like, I-, I felt like a lot of the work was like kind of like basic. I don't mean that in like a bad way, but like it was kind of just meat potatoes, just striking and. Some yeah. slams and some work in a body part a little bit. Well, uh, I think it's kind of like exact given the match that we had before because this this match uh, this match doesn't have all of the weight the other one did. I don't think like in terms of like how long it was. Um, it's everything you would expect this match to do, mm-hmm. except yes. for the ending. The ending was a little fucky. And yeah. the we, by the way, when you have brass knuckles, right, and they look shitty, don't have the camera stay on that shitty brass knuckles. I'm like, is that just tape? <laughs> yeah, that one That one was obviously just like they made a tape loop, and it's like, oh, they, they disguised it so that it doesn't look like brass. That's how that's supposed to look, mm-hmm. but they focused on it. <laughs> so, and like, uh, the ca- and the ca- like, was that supposed to happen where the camera guy takes it off? Because it looked like the camera guy was like, I... Maybe he knew. He's like, man, those are shitty fucking brass knuckles. Let me take them off of the mat. But then Ric Flair got it. I, th- I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know what was going on there. But, uh, like, yeah, that gets into the finish, which was Rude produces the international object, just like in their last match. Yeah. Uh, and then he was going to use it, but Flair hit back suplex, and it just kind of bounces off of his hand from, from the impact. Uh, and then the, yeah, the camera guy standing there, you mentioned, he's like, oh shit. And he just kind of grabs it. Photographer. Uh, he, he's not really like a cameraman, but, uh, man, remember those, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he takes it over to the corner with him and then flair gets over there and sees it. And he's like, oh shit. And he just picks it up <laughs> and he hits rude with it. And Terry Taylor's in the ring now because the other referee took him up and he flopped out of the ring. Nick Patrick. And oh, uh, Nick Patrick. <laughs> but uh, when he pins Kid uh, Assassin. Rude, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kid Assassin. <laughs> when he pins Rude, he gets three. And then Nick Patrick comes back in and is like, no, no, you can't count that. And they're having a discussion. He's like, I saw him hit him with knuckles. So uh, this is fucked. And then Terry Taylor's like, I guess it's fucked. He DQ'd himself. <laughs> and then Flair's like, no, I didn't do that, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, come on, I didn't do that. It didn't happen. <laughs> and then the crowd loudly chants bullshit after the, the decision got reversed. Um, And, yeah, just because... It was what it was. It was what it had to be, I suppose. But it's disappointing. Uh, I, I had higher hopes for this match. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for to me, for it to be what it was, it dragged on 
a little too long without the, the intensity I thought it needed. Uh, for it being a world title match between two big stars, and it just didn't hit what where I think it should have. Uh, they both have outs, though. Like, Rick Rude was fucked up, and he got... He won by DQ. Flair DQ'd himself, so who knows who could really beat the others still. Mm. So I think this will end, obviously, at Battle Bowl. Uh, I gave it a 6.4 out of 10. I was not generous. Um, I liked him. I was. I gave him a good rating last time because I loved that match. Uh, but this one, it just, it, like you said, it felt like they were uh, holding back. The match was too long, and the ending was just so fuckery. I gave it a five point seven out of ten. Well, yeah, you were, you were, you were definitely critical. I gave it a six. I'm right in the middle of you guys. Uh, yeah, it's funny too saying this match was too long, but it, it's, I think um, Zach, you hit the nail on the head for the intensity they gave. It was too long because the other match was longer, but it didn't feel like it was. No, that was like a fucking battle. And then I was like, holy shit, I can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, then- <laughs> so this, this follow ups really disappointing. Yeah, and I think it's that's the thing. The expectation was much higher for it, for what caliber of match it should have been. And it was just really ugh. like almost to the point. I hate saying this because Rick Root's great. And this is the first this is his first like world title run, right? Uh, yes. Yes. So it, it almost, it almost makes you question, like, should he be in that spot? Like, should he be further down the card and still doing other stuff? Like, I, I'm not saying it, it actually validates that or anything at all. Cause I like Rick Rude, but this match makes you question that. Cause it's like, this match should have been so much more like you're working with one of the greatest to ever do it. If not the best to ever do it in the ring this match should have been so much more than what it was Um, in the finish, of course. And and the other thing too, now the crowd, the crowd is starting to turn a bit. Like the crowd is not into things as much because they're, I think they're a little exhausted from what they've, they've seen all evening. But again, every match is ending the same way. They're ending up like they get built up on something and then the match ends up in some fucked way that they don't like and they get pissed about it. Yeah. I would have cut this down to like, somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes and you could, you could have probably done the same finish and people wouldn't have been as mad mm-hmm. and you, you wouldn't feel as kind of disappointed because it wasn't as long. It's like, Oh, oh shit. Well, Rick, Rick Rude tried to kidnap Fifi at the end. That was funny. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, that did save it actually a little bit. The crowd got it behind him a little because uh, he's running with Fifi and then flair hits him. Puts him in the figure four right there. They like break it up and keep him separated. And the crowd is like, "Yeah, yeah, get him, kick his ass. He's he's a jerk." <laughs> so, all right. Before we get into the main event, I do have a quick ad. So let's hit that ad real quick. Be right back. Okay. Do you like gaming? Do you like drinks? Do you like having fun? Well, guess what? There is going to be a stream for you every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time on. Barcade Bunker. Now, Barcade Bunker is being done by me, which is Joe Doves, and we are going to be have fun playing games. It's not going to be 
super serious with we're, we're, we're combining drinks with gaming so what could go wrong right <laughs> we're just here to have fun um so if you want to stop by we are on big trouble archives twitch and we're also on barcade bunkers youtube again every sunday at 9 p.m eastern time on barcade bunker all right now we're into the main event the the texas uh death match in louisiana <laughs> yeah <laughs> so some background on this texas death match thing that was like a stipulation like the, the mostly terry funk used to do in texas mm-hmm. uh but it, and then it kind of became something he he would use when he'd go to other territories like, i'm gonna uh, Jerry Lawler, you scalded dog, I'll fight you in a Texas death match. The, fuck you. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, like, the, the, the real rules of it are pretty interesting because it's kind of like a mix of a, not quite a, it's like a last man standing match on steroids. It's a last man standing match with Iron Man rule matches. and so Some, this, Somewhat. This leads me to my question. What was the point of the fall? Is so that you can get a rest, a 30-second rest? It's basically like this match will really test how tough you are because it's like you beat somebody and you, you got a fall or a submission or some shit, and it's like you keep going until you just can't go anymore. Is what it, is. <laughs> it still doesn't make any sense though because you're going for the three count just well, what just so, so you get be like i i pinned him this many times in the last man so, standing match well i think that, that my understanding of it was and correct me if i'm wrong if you pin they had that little break which i thought the break was really weird because i said it was 30 seconds but it wasn't 30 seconds they no. were counting fast as shit it was like 18 15. seconds or 15 18 yeah. seconds something like that so like um so Anyway, um, after they count that is when that person could be viably counted out. But then there are times where if both men are down, they can just do a count out. My, yeah. The way I kind of took it was the way to win was either, A, you simply knock your opponent out to the point that they couldn't get up after 10, or in the instance that both men would both be counted out, whoever had the most pinfalls at the end of that would be the winner. Yeah. That was the way I took it. But hmm. I and that was me looking this up and trying to find other things because the modern version of a of a Texas Death match is is literally just a last man standing match. Yeah, like they, the they modern rules. It. Yeah, they just they just cut out the the complicated stuff. Which honestly, I'm 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 okay with that because it it is way too convoluted. I think for most wrestling bookers to handle. I think when it, in the old school way, if it was done right, great. But it's just not done right anymore. So just. Do it as a last man standing match and call it something else. It's fine. But, yeah, um, yeah, I did not understand that while watching the match, though. I was really fucking confused when I saw people getting pinned and stuff. Yeah, I I (sighs) had learned what it was, like, way before this. I didn't even know what the stipulation was supposed to be until it happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's why I got kind of of excited. Uh, Well, and I think for me I was kind of confused because – I'd seen the modern version of it, and I just when I heard Texas Deathmatch, I assumed it was going to be a last man standing match. But then, like the rules that happened, happened. I was like, "What is all this extra bullshit?" Yeah, those are the actual rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Vader 
it starts off fast. Like Vader tries to meet Cactus on the ramp, but Cactus just like jumps on him and starts pounding him. Uh, and then Vader just headbutts him once and rips his mask off. Like fuck this, and he just starts swinging at him. And then he tries to like he puts Cactus up against the post, like he's just gonna like crush him with his fist, and he punches the post. He's like ah, you know. Yeah, he punched um, it real hard, by the way. Like yeah, the the whole match they were stiff. But, like, even when he punched that pole, that was stiff. And I was like, you idiot. You could break well, his fucking hand. Yeah, Vader's got fucking ham hocks or fucking hands. They'll probably be okay. You're gonna rub the steakums on his hand. Yeah, the fucking steakums masked it on. Yeah. <laughs> he, try, he tries to club. Uh, let's see. Let, uh, I said that. Uh, Cactus keeps attacking Vader after that. He bites him. And then that's where they get. he gets the fan's camera and hits him with it. <laughs> And that then, poor guy. Okay, uh, yeah. hold on. You, you guys, uh, you ever watched the, the animated movie uh, Disney classic Lilo and Stitch? I have. Okay, do you know how they do this random bits throughout the movie? And then, like, in the even in the TV show that they had, they have this random running bit where they're just like this fat, shirtless guy that would be eating ice cream. And right before he's about to eat it, something happens, like mm-hmm. some shenanigans happen, and the ice cream falls, and his ice cream just on the fucking floor in the fucking sand. And the guy just looks down at it and then just looks back at like at the camera breaking fourth wall. Just like the fuck my ice cream. What am I supposed to do now? That's, that's the exact face this guy. Has. <laughs> He's like, well, damn, I guess this is just the collateral damage of being a wrestling fan. This is what happens. <laughs> He's like, well, at least I'll have the pictures. God damn it. <laughs> and it wasn't like those disposable cameras, by the way, like, no, that, that was, yeah, that was like a fucking camera. Nikon or a Fujifilm fucking camera. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite part, though. Like, the camera thing, like, yeah, that was funny. Cactus grabs a rusty, piss-stained chair and fucking hits Vader with it. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like the grossest, dirtiest, piss-stained, rusty chair you could find in, like, a fucking community center or something. Yeah, that, that is that is the the YMCA bathhouse AIDS chair special right there. <laughs> and, then, and, that, and I like the furniture in this fucking match because it all looked like that. It all looked like really shitty stuff. And, and according to like what I've heard, like like uh, Cornette say about a lot of the uh, arenas and shit in Louisiana, that's what they have. That, that's just what's there. It's just, just Dude, really I, no, bad I, old stuff. I had, had dirty ass fucking shit before Katrina hit. Goddamn. <laughs> I agree. Like even some of my, uh, uh, it must be like a city thing because like in, when I moved out to the rural area of New York, like everything was nicer and I was confused because when I, when I used to like live in New York city, like everything was shitty. Like the chairs were shitty. The fucking desk were shitty. Like everywhere you go is shitty, but then when you go to like the rural area, like everything's clean and nice and spotless and stuff. So I like I get it. <laughs> like that's what New Orleans was all about before the fucking Katrina. I wonder what it's like now. It's like reality is the opposite of expectation in this case. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's historical. <laughs> but uh, Cactus puts Vader in the ring after that, but then Vader just fucking levels him with a massive clothesline. And then he he picks him up and starts doing the blows in the corner shit. That's awesome. And, uh, then he throws Cactus out in the ramp, and it's like a th- audible thud when he hits the ramp, which is like awesome. Uh, 
I don't know. It might not have been awesome for him, but it sounded good. And then uh, Vader tries to suplex him. This is the spot I was talking about earlier. Cactus blocks it, suplexes Vader out to the ramp, and that's when he like almost fell off the ramp. Yeah. Uh, and then Cactus gets up, and it looks like he's bleeding around his eye. I guess Vader punched him or some shit and busted his cheek open. Uh, well, this is where they're just like, fuck it, we're just going to hit haymakers. Yeah, the, 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 the good match that they can have together. Mm-hmm. Um. And he charges Vader and starts pounding him again. Then, like, Harley tries to attack him, but he doesn't work. Like, he, he has that he has that piss-stained chair again, and he's not able to use it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't write any more notes at this point because too much stuff was happening, and it was starting to kind of come down to the wire on time. Yeah, he hit, like, he hit him with the cactus and shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Tony said, cactus has a cactus, and I laughed because he has the touch. <laughs> fucking dad joke or something. I do like when they went to the grave and the ref's like, I'm not counting. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm not going down there with, like, you hear him saying that? Yeah. And, and like, uh, there was a really cool visual there, too. It was, like, kind of a WWF, WWE-style camera shot where Vader crawls out of the, the grave. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Mark here lies Vader. And then you show Vader's busted open now, too, from the brawl, and he's got blood on his face. And then... Jesse even says, it's like my living dad or something. <laughs> like, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, they start getting a little crazy out there on the floor a bit. And uh, I think what I think happened next was uh, they started using that chair again. And then Vader was like, getting, oh, yeah, it showed Harley out there by the ring. And he you hear like a taser. Yeah. That shit was funny. He's like, you hear, and then like the camera looks at Harley. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like showed him with the taser. And then the, like, Tony's like, what's that? What's he got in his hand? And he's like, I don't know. And then, like they, and it's just hilarious. Cause you see him fucking around with it. And you even hear it multiple times. And they just never say what it is. They don't say taser. He's, he's got something. It's fucking taser. Just say it. Yeah. I mean, it's the <laughs> obvious noise. You, you hear that. <laughs> Why does he uh, do that though? Like, I mean, I get it for like TV wise, but like, it, let's just say normally you're trying to tase someone. You don't like do the click, 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 click before you t- tase someone. You just go, "I'm gonna tase you while I put my hand out and do it." It's, it's like if you were gonna stab somebody, so beforehand you're like sharpening the knife in front. Of- <laughs> well, that's that, that. It's like my dad every time when we watch movies or TV shows. You notice like when someone's getting beat up. Like, either a friend or an ally comes and does, like, a scream, like, ah, like, try to punch you. Like, why did you scream? If you didn't scream, you'd probably get an attack on the person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this case, I'm going to say this is this was for the audience in the arena because people can yeah. hear that sound. And not everybody will be able to hear it, but everybody in the front row will hear it for sure. The camera guy knew. And, and people will start saying, what the hell was that? It sounded like a taser, and that'll start spreading through the arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which that's another part of wrestling. You got to be able to do shit that everybody in the arena can see and understand too. Yeah. Some way. It's, it's that interesting dynamic of you are, you you have to appeal to whoever's going to be watching from TV, but also appeal to the live crowd at the same time. But, I get it. Um, yeah. Uh, out there, that's when like uh, the piss stain chair, YMCAA chair comes back into play. And then Vader hits Cactus with it. And I think 
Harley's like, DDT! He tells Vader to DDT him on the chair, and he does. I'm like, oh, okay. And I think he went for a pin and got it off of that. And then, like, Cactus was trying to get up, and I, I think he hit him with something. And they both were down, and they got counted out. Uh, and then it was the rest period. And then Vader got up, and that's when Harley was like, right in the back of his leg. He's like, ah! And he falls over, well, and did he you can't kn- get up. Did you notice though? Like, obviously, he didn't hit him with the taser for real, unless that was for real, and it just had a delay reaction. But he he did a click, 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 and then hit him, and then like there was a delay where like Cactus looked at Harley, and then he's like, ah, oh! and then he like drops to the ground. Yeah, I think he just didn't really activate it because it didn't make the sound. So yeah, mm-hmm. it just yeah, it he just... activated it, and then di- obviously didn't activate it. Touched him. Cactus was like, "Are you touching my leg?" Oh, and he falls over. But then also, well, it's weird because the ref, the count was going on right at the same time. And they got the camera in a weird way where you can only see um, Thurman and and uh, Mama Foley's baby boy. And uh, you can't see what else is going on in the background. Or like, But like it has to make you assume that the ref is just like got his back completely turned to all of this and he's just looking at Vader. But then like as soon as like this happens, he counts nine, he doesn't say ten, and then he turns around, like or the camera like turns back over because uh he gets he got zapped by the um the taser, and the ref is turned around looking directly at them, and Vader just standing up, like look, looks like he's fresh, he's ready, he's like, Yeah. It's like, well, how long has he been staring at them? And then he goes, <laughs> oh, I guess he is down. And because several seconds go by, like the whole thing, like it's really fucky in execution. It looks really bad. Yeah. Uh, which sucks because the rest of this match was really fun. I, I enjoyed it. And then, I mean, it's just the common theme with the show. It's like, man, you can't, you guys are putting like seven and eight out of ten matches out here, but you these two out of ten finishes are dog shit. Yeah. Um. Uh... I don't really have much else to say about it other than I guess this isn't over either. Yeah. I, I think we're getting will, another one. This will culminate at battle bowl and they'll, they'll go their separate ways, obviously, because the, this main event at Starcade is Vader and Ric Flair. Uh, pretty solid brawl. Uh, they didn't totally explain the Texas death match rules. And we, like I said, we had to learn that as we went, some of mm. us did. Uh, and then, the double there's double juice, there was double color. That was cool. Uh Cactus has an out because he got tased, bro. <laughs> mm. so, uh it, at least it wasn't like, you know, Goldberg getting tased, that's how they end his streak thing, but Oh like, the cattle prod? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh I guess it, I, I gave it a seven point two out of ten. I, I gave it around. I gave it a seven point one out of ten. Um, I was confused by the rules. Um, it was just a ground and pound kind of match where I'm just like, fine, I get it. They're hitting stiff, you know, blows and stuff, which it made it look better because if they would just had a wrestling match, it would just look probably weird in my opinion. It looks silly. It's like that yeah. shit where everybody's trying to do wrestling moves in a fucking fight. This was a fight. They're yeah. hitting each other, fucking objects. It looks terrible and rolling around and landing in like pits in the stage and shit where the referee didn't even want to go down. (laughs) It made sense to me. I mean, other than like they didn't, apparently 
not everybody understood the rules of the match themselves. Like, like Vader was like, I guess I win. To me, that says, did Vader never have a Texas death match before this? I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a seven. I right again there. the finish. Yeah, we're all right there in the same area. Like this is the the finish does not justify where it actually is. I thought it was a lot of fun. It just finish is like, uh It's like all like I, again. I hate it because if you take if all the finishes were just changed to be something that made actual sense, like you have sevens that would be eights or higher and, and sixes that would be sevens. And like this show would be much higher overall, but here we are the match that I had that it's, it's literally the, the, the match that had the least fucky finish in my opinion is the match I rated the highest because of it. So <laughs> This whole event was just a big tease. Like it edged me so much to the point where I, <laughs> fucking WCW and JOI. <laughs> yeah. It's it just like, come on, man. Like, it, like you said, Chaz, like it would have been like, like if they didn't fuck around with the end and stuff, like it would have probably be a high rated event, but because of how things were booked to the point where it's like, that's your road, baby. Everybody both get, good booking and in the end we'll just you know get another match down the road where we'll, you know the kind of like the rubber match maybe that's where the rubber match came from wwe which came from dusty it's possible Dina. yeah so i i don't if i had to rate the show um itself like obviously the the commentary at times saved some of the things uh they were having fun you can yeah. tell they were they were having fun they've Again, their chemistry's increased too over the year uh, since they've been got put together. Jesse and Tony. I want Jesse oh, to. Yeah, they, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the. I mean, we talked about the Fifi thing earlier, but we didn't come back. <laughs> God, they said some crazy shit on this show. They did. <laughs> yeah, I want Jesse to do that more often to Tony. Be like, would you scrub her uh, private parts or whatever, and just see what Tony would do? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. He, he said, "Would you let her scrub your floors?" Yeah, <laughs> you know like, he was applying. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, would you let her scrub your dick? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, the 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 shit they like, they're I agree. Their chemistry is good. They're playing off of each other. They're having a, a more fun time. Like before, it seemed like uh, Tony wasn't used to how Jesse would talk. Because he does just like say shit to push buttons or just outrageous stuff, and now he's starting to play into it more. He, like I really like the, and he's saying like he's being a smartass, which is actually good. Like uh, early in the beginning, after that gynecologist comment, he said something about, "Ah, you look like hell, Tony," or, or "Ah, you look awful." And he's like, "I look like you." Yeah. <laughs> who do you who did you think I was? And he's like, "Well, <laughs> tell me, your dress is me." And he's like, "Well, yeah." <laughs> You picked a boa that wasn't fully grown. It's it's terrible. It's what the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like when they first got put together, it was kind of awkward because you could tell like Tony wasn't sure how to take him, because just because of how he is. It's like he he cuts up. Mm-hmm. He ta- he put he pushes your buttons. Uh, the mm-hmm. the play by play guy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, now now they get along well. Uh. But I gave the event a 6.9 out of 10 because... Nice. Nice, yes. Um, it just... 
It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. How about you, Chaz? You got any final thoughts about this one? I mean, nothing ever. I haven't already said. Again, this show, I feel like the show would be rated almost an entire point higher if if it weren't for the fact that they had all these fucky finishes. Um, but, and I will say this, like, we're seeing a lot of the same players from the last pay-per-view for the most part. It's just things slightly moved around. Although there are a couple, a handful of, of matches that are, that are the same, but that's okay. It's not a bad thing. Just, just what, what we got there. But, uh, I will say this outside of, well, let's not count the six man tag. Every match we all talked about, I mean, it, we were right at, or just roughly at six or higher. And I, and six to me is still decent. It's, it's yeah. not terrible. So, um, I, I actually ended up being kind of nice. I, I ended up giving this show a seven, uh, because I felt like solidly it was a, especially for WCW standards, it was a good show, but they really cut themselves short in the fact that they could have delivered a great show mm-hmm. and they're at the, the booking, the dusty finishes, baby. Yeah, baby. It's what we're doing, baby. But that's, where the ed- the foot. that's where the edging comes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seven out of ten would have been a nine if I came. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon we'll be doing sitcoms and major motion pitches, baby. Mm-hmm. That's how you fuck that. That's something he actually said, by the way. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> the sitcom that I didn't know the major motion pictures. Soon we'll be doing sitcoms, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said that in the eighties on Crockett's plane, but <laughs> this uh, pay per view was weird. It was stronger earlier on, and then like the bigger matches at the end were kind of letdowns because of like the diminishing returns and the finishes. Except to me, Cactus Invader was able to kind of get away without being because the match was good. It kind of was able to overcome him a little bit. It could have been better if there was a better finish, but still. Um, <laughs> That Xena Warrior Princess bitch can suck brick. I hope I never have to hear that again. This is suck pole. Uh, the the Battle Bowl. We already talked about the Battle Bowl thing. And that's gonna be next next the, the November ninety three. We'll be doing two pay per views. <laughs> um, match of the night to me was Steamboat Norndorf. Like it was well wrestled. It was the least. Fucky, I guess. Like, I don't know. I liked it. I like Steamboat a lot, and I like Orndorff pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave us a six point five out of ten, uh, just because the diminishing returns built up, and I I was being a little more generous because of the overall match quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say this: if they do this again in Battle Bowl. I'm not going to be as generous. I'm probably going to be a lot more critical. I think I think having a long break before we reviewed a WCW uh, show, maybe that's what's what's helped this this show for me. Because if this would have been fresh off the heels of watching uh, Saturday night events or yeah. Saturday night, I probably would have been like way way more mean about it. Yeah, we might we might have not reviewed it as as positively as because like okay, like perspective, like it's like you were saying earlier, like there wasn't really any bad matches on this show. In fact, there was a couple of good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even ice train and all that whole thing wasn't bad. It was just 
there. <laughs> just, there and it was it did its job. It started yeah. tonight. It was entertaining. I, I yeah, exactly. Like there were a couple of, of matches had the ending gone differently. You would have like we would have probably broken into the eights. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I don't more know. More than more than one. Yeah, right. So yeah, you never know now. But All we'll, right. see you, we'll see you next time. All right. Well, anyway, um, if you haven't noticed, we're not doing any awards for October because we did take a big break. October of 1993, by the way. Um, but that means we're starting a new month and we're getting into Survivor Series month for uh, WWF. And, and like And Battle Bowl. Yeah. Hopefully that's not a shitter, uh, just like the Toilet Bowl. Whoa! Um, <laughs> uh, but next... We're going to be doing another show next week, by the way, because we had to do some schedule changing around. So next Thursday, we will be covering uh, November 1st, 1993 for WWF Monday Night Raw and um, November 8th of 1993 for Monday Night Raw. Raw dogging it. Raw dogging it next week. So uh, Raw dogging it. If you don't follow our other podcast, we uh, we had a new outro for Big Trouble, so now we have an outro for this show as well. Um, but until next time, guys, remember to get some color. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. See ya. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me I think the sharpest tool in the shed She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb In the shape of an L on her forehead Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running didn't make sense not to live for fun Your brain gets dark, but your head gets dumb So much to do, so much to see So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go You'll never shine if you don't go Get the fuck out of here